What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of HLTV Confirmed coming your way. My name is James Banks, and I'll be your host for this evening, as always, as we move on to episode eight. And all of us are in a little bit of a different location right now, except maybe Strike. I'll have to check with him exactly where he is. He tends to try and go home. But I'm going to start with... Ah, oh, you did. See, there you go. You're the smart one. You get to go away from an Airbnb and be in a nice place to just chill yourself out with. But we've got Sponge joining us, as always. Sponge, you've just been finishing... Major, how you doing, mate? Punch? Oh, sorry, I was just sleeping on cloud nine. Um, yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I've been doing pretty good. I went to the dentist today. Um, I had a toothache for the last four weeks. I had Carmack come with me. For those of you who know who Carmack is, he came and translated. That was pretty cool. Uh, and the lady, the lady, the doctor, she told me that uh, uh, she's going to fix the filling, which she did. And if it still have pain, which I may do, I need to have a root canal. So my day's been pretty Ooh. shit. Yeah, that's never any fun, mate. Fucking, I've had this one removed recently. That is a, a whole bag of pain and no enjoyment there. But luckily you had Carmack on side. And ESL making sure that you can get sorted and get ready to get to the champion stage. I'm Striker sure and that, Prof. That helps, that <laughs> kind of a pain in the ass, but in a friendly way. Maybe that helps. I don't know. <laughs> He might have just been bantering. We know what Carmack can be like, yes. But Striker and Prof, you've had a week at the Major, doing all the reporting, doing all the interviews. How's it been for you guys? Been fine. Like, the worst thing about it is this Airbnb in which I'm stuck, <laughs> thanks to Striker <laughs> managing the booking. So thank you very much for that. Airbnb with two forks and one knife for, like, ten people. Yeah, Good because job. that's something I could have known about. Good job. <laughs> I think you needed to. That's you know, you could always go to a supermarket, food. just buy some. Yeah, I mean, we just use shit that you don't need utensils for. I don't know. Wherever we were. Things that you I, uh, every night. The other night, for somebody, I constructed them utensils out of a paper cup, and they ate a spaghetti carbonara with a, a, a paper cup. <laughs> wow. that I, I, basically, I, literally, I literally did the same thing in Germany like three years ago. I turned it into like a shovel for them, so it was yes. uh, uh, the style. <laughs> I'm laughing because he, I have to find the fucking picture and send it to you afterwards oh, because I've done dude. literally the yes. same thing. We had a shovel out of a pizza box to eat like lasagna. Okay, it wasn't yeah. like carbonara, but that, that was a striker I've done meme. That definitely, that's a striker meme. You go. guys aren't just great CS:GO pundits. You're also good to your hands. You can make things appear out of nothing clearly and, and turn cutlery out of nowhere. I mean, that is that is doing things with your hands, not like assembling IKEA. That's the <laughs> yes, okay, we know. Yeah, IKEA. We pay for that. We make sure no one suffer the horrible times of wasted moments of building. Was it you, Strike? I disagree. It, right? You I like disagree. it? Yeah, I like it. Therapeutic, bit weird. Don't get it. Just pay for someone to get it done. Much easier. Probably safer as well. He stuff crumbling behind Strike. Okay. But let's get into breaking news and where we're going to start things off with now. I woke up this morning, checked Twitter, and it was just non-stop WSG discussion and. My oh my, okay, get the final invite and the groups come out and everyone goes, what the actual fuck? So Lucas, if you can, can you bring up the HLTV news post with the groups on there? And then everyone else can see, just so they're not up to date, how the groups have panned out. And we can begin to discuss the madness that is these groups and how messed up it actually is. Striker, I know you're going to enjoy this one. Dude, this is like, <laughs> the thing is, no matter how you look at it, like, okay, the first thing that I was thinking about, maybe it's like regional. Then yeah. you look at a root group E and there's literally four European teams in there. Like Fnatic, Windigo, and Movistar. That, like, 
no matter how you look at it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like literally just random, I feel like. Yeah. But what are you saying? Random is the most fair way of, of doing seeding yeah. and doing draws. Everyone gets the same chance to be drawn out of the hat. It's that's... it's the it's the best thing. That's how that's what people say. I know. Just... I know. I, I've been like semi upset the whole morning just because <laughs> it's it's the same shit all over again and I don't understand why they really just want to make their event less less important, less Prestigious. Less prestige, less everything, just because yeah. they have shit groups. I mean, it's 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 just it's just ridiculous. How how can this happen? Like group H <laughs> versus group fucking E. That's yeah. unreasonable. G and H, I, even like F is pretty bad. Yes, I mean, it's, I mean F is like okay. F has like those those mixes that could be pretty good. The Russia mix and Mordell, um, but just the H G and H. Even like D is pretty bad. There's MVP PK and that's about it. And yep. like, then you get Group E where okay, like, sure, um, Windigo and Movistar aren't particularly like top teams or anything, but still, it's it's better than than. Pretty I mean, Windigo is group still in Pro League. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, of course they're like getting sold or whatever. They have some issues, but they're they're like a Pro League level team in Europe. That's not easy. So just. Looking at it, it's it's just so annoying. And, and the whole thing is, people said, I think the information is that they put the four invited teams in like A, C, E, G, not E, G. Where, where's the last invited team? A, C, Fnatic. Fnatic or E. Yeah, five, five powers actually invited. So, oh, a, a, so C, A, C, E, G. E, G were the four invited, and then everything else is random. And that's oh, it. Fuck. So, okay, you can do that, but you're most likely going to just fuck up your your own tournament by, by doing stuff like that and getting a group like E, which is literally one of the worst possible... Comp I mean, out of this random, what you could get get with the, like the four invited teams in different groups, I think this is literally the worst group you could possibly get. Have we considered the fact that this is run by Ali Sports, which is like Alibaba, which is probably just using this as some form of a tax break so they don't really care how they run their tournament? <laughs> yeah. Like, but if, but if they don't care, why don't they just listen to people that, like, said the same thing last year? I that's logical and like requires effort. What was the what was that group last year? SK Big and Russia, I think. Yeah, it was like that the group. While like there were there were other other groups, and there was also one just... with like what was it like something like Ago Vololos uh, and like a few European teams, like four European static, teams. Static Ago Big Vololos was like the first. The second group stage, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the first like... group stage, like the where everybody is, like all those random teams yeah, yeah. are, was Big Russia, SK, yeah, and like New Four. Okay, that that was one bad team, but it's just like it. This this is nothing new, right? This is like it did, didn't even surprise me when I saw that come out. Yeah, I mean, it didn't surprise me either. I think what is what is the talking point is like how are teams gonna actually react to this because. It's happened last year, and people warned them about it, said that shit, okay, we're still going to come. But if it happens again, and it did happen, now there needs to be like something from the teams. I, I, this is just okay. it's unreasonable for them to travel to fucking China, like ends, and potentially go out to Windigo and finish 17th to 24th or whatever, even though they're legit the top eight team, surely. But like, if you just break it down from this perspective, right, this tournament being put on, it's not like at least from my understanding, 
it's not considered a tier one tournament by any means, right? The only reason that the big names are going is because the prize pool is so big. It just yeah. feels to me like this tournament, the way that it's been run historically, there's not much onus put on actually having the best tournament possible. It's just about like, oh, look at this tournament we're running with a shitload of prize money and we, you know, that's it. Like that's all it seems like to me, right? And I know that seems ridiculous when you think about it. Well, if you only have to take steps A, B and C extra to make it good, why don't you just do that? But it, like, it just feels like they don't care. I That's that's just the point. I, I know I'm completely with you. I think it should be seated. It should be this. It should be that all this kind of stuff they're looking at these groups right now it, it doesn't make much sense at all and if i was one of these teams like movie star riders who is definitely not making it out of that group e why the fuck would i fly all the way to china to come last like it doesn't make any sense on why these teams would go just not go you don't have to go a lot of these teams get paid anyway why would you like what what's the point it's no I mean, real exposure from this what's the point yeah, I mean, last year, like, half of the group stage matches weren't even streamed anywhere. There, You couldn't even get the Go TV, so what is the point? I mean, even for Fnatic, look at Fnatic. They just had a shit tournament here, went out, and now they're going to go to WSG and potentially go out in, like, same same shit like SK last year in, a, in, like, the first group stage of two group stages. Like, why would they go? I think the only thing that you can do to make the tournament organizer actually, like, think about it is to get all of these teams together and say... If you don't do like weird. normal normal groups, we won't come because this is just yeah. a waste of time. So uh, if they can do that, that's that's the question. And they should be able to do that. It's just if they want to do that. Does Fnatic and NIP and MIBR want to sit down at a table and say, this is bullshit, please do it properly or we won't come? I guess it will come to show like if they actually care enough to do that though. Because they do, in this situation, they certainly have the power. So what you're saying would make perfect sense. If they don't, we're just going to get another shit show of just, oh, great, lots of money. It's, it's no just, logic. Yeah, exactly. No it's sense. just hard to ignore the money, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just want to look at it, right? You're like, oh, shit, okay, someone's walking away with big money again. It's all going to be like just lacing their pockets even further. Wouldn't you just, like, this is the thing that I don't understand here. So obviously not all of these teams, I wouldn't even say 50%. Actually, I wouldn't even go as far to say 25% of these teams are in the Players Union, right? The Players Association. Yep. But isn't this the whole point of the Players Association is to like in these kind of circumstances is band together with the people who are part of the Players Association to say, hey, this is this situation. If you can't change it, you can't fix it, you can't do this, you can't do that, then all the people who are part of the Players Association won't attend. The problem is the amount of money is too much for a lot of these teams to not try and not go to it yeah. and potentially win like some free cash. So let's just use a hypothetical, for example, Let's say that the four of us right here were all part of the Players Association and we were all part of different teams going to this event. And let's yep. say that my team was the best team, Banks had the second best team, Prof had the third best, and Striker had the fourth, the fourth best team Like out of those. Sounds and right. we went in and like we were all in <laughs> fucked up groups and we said, all right, guys, like let's sort this out. Like, let's have a chat. And we don't come to a conclusion because for whatever reason, Striker's team got put in an easier group, like for whatever reason, because it's random. And he's like, well, actually, my team is still going to go, right? Fuck this whole player union nonsense. Like, we're still going to go. There's no dominion over them as far as I'm aware, right? Like, if they just want to go, then they can go. If they don't want to go, they don't have to go. It's like the same thing with, like, so many different... Like, when I was a plumber, I was a subcontractor. So if other cunts, like, put their rates down, for example, it would fuck me. Like, I couldn't go and charge $600 to, dry, to dig a hole. I had to charge $400 to dig a hole. 
So it's the same kind of thing here. If people can't get on the same page, then there's never going to be change. But yeah. unfortunately, due to what happened, like with the fucking smoke fix, players think if they just tweet about it, it's gonna it's gonna fix it. So yeah, I don't know. It's rough. I mean, what you said makes sense. But the thing is, if if they can't unionize around this, then they can't unionize about anything. I I feel like so. Yeah. If they can't do anything in this case, then the whole player union can just shut down and it can literally not exist. If you ask me, it's just like. What's the point then? At least try. At least like say we we went to WSG. We said this, this, and this. They denied whatever the fuck. And then after all, we couldn't make an agreement to like boycott the tournament. So some people went after all or whatever. Everyone went. But at least try to like put that pressure on them. Say we're not gonna come if you don't change it. Do anything. I don't know. I'm just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like very, very disappointed with the whole player union thing. I mean, not disappointed. I didn't really expect much, but what they did so far is literally nothing. So, what? What can you do? I, I guess the the real thing is right. If if the big names don't attend here, and they just probably fill it with random teams as well. If they don't, if they if literally WSG don't care as much as we think they don't care, then it wouldn't matter regardless if teams pulled out and no one watched. I mean, so you just be in a situation where it's just this... irrelevant still. Especially with this nationality rule, right? Like a lot of these yeah. teams are basically mixes and, and not not even attending their full lineup. Just look at that Russia Russia team, right? That's that's literally just like a mix of of like some of the Russian players, and that's about it. So that's that's kind of the problem as well. They're they're not even real teams a lot of the time. So um, that's that's another issue that where they they're just not going to be, um, but not going to have that opportunity. They sh- really, they should also like. Think about what will happen in the second group stage and what will ha- happen in the playoff seeding. I mean, some teams will also get fucked in that part, as they did last year. So it would make sense for them also to think about, like, even if they go, like, Russia will probably go through Group F, but who, who will they play after that? Will they get in a group of yeah. NIP and MIBR? What and I'm saying is, like, not going to go into the playoffs and they won't earn any money. So yeah. that's the, they should also think about that one. Yeah, but like those players that are not even in the players' union, most most of them, I, mean, I imagine. So it's like another thing. Yeah, but I mean, there's an NIP G2, Fnatic, and certainly Vindigo. Even if they if they're not, they're like on that level that they deserve. Yeah. Optic is there, Argo is there. I don't know. So A23 is also mixed, but whatever. Like there are players that are, players that are, are in the player union and that know each other enough to. They should have like enough respect to do more than just put a tweet like what the fuck is this and yeah, like yeah. call it a day that's kind of the same thing as like those basically like going back to i buy power masters what happened there basically basically it comes down to the same thing just like players not really researching things properly and just like um pushing organizers to do to, to hold up to certain standards and stuff like that so yeah i agree with what you were saying like that's exactly what a players union should be for and that's obviously not happening I think that this stuff happens too often, though, and, and people yeah. might need to start having a bit of a distinction, not just to do with formats. If you think of the PLG event last year, sure, they looked after them, but the, I think they actually moved their hotel. It felt yeah. like the first day they are in yeah. some amazing hotel with the racetrack, and then the next day... Well, yeah, we, we were in a five-star to start off with, and basically one day after, we had one night in the five-star, and then moved over to the other one, which was still a sick hotel. Like Even the second hotel we went to, everyone would have been fine with it regardless. 
And that was like, it was just a mess of moving around and stuff like that. It yeah. was less than ideal. And obviously, we didn't get to work. We just got to chill in the pool. So did a lot of the players a lot of the time I mean, as well. Th that was announced, though. Like, it was announced, like, first night in the, like, Yas Hotel, whatever. Second yeah. night, whatever the fuck. Okay, but, so that was but, publicly known, yeah. But it, was, it yeah. was bad, bad planning, though. Like, to move hotels on the day you actually play games isn't I, the I'm, best. I'm just so surprised that, like, teams like NIP, or maybe not teams, let's try again, organizations like NIP... G2, Fnatic, are allowing their teams to go to these ty type of tournaments still. Like, it hasn't happened, and like, uh, but it could be a, it, it could be another one of these ones they rock up and the players are tweeting like, oh, you know, the internet shit, or the hotel has bed yeah. bugs, or the monitors are only 60 hertz, or this kind of stuff. You're going into the unknown with an event like this. This is why, like, Blast or ESL or When Face It runs a tournament or DreamHack, for example, they had to build up their credibility over a long period of time. And people at home, like, when there's a small delay on any of those tournaments or maybe there's, like, a PC issue or a server issue or some shit are up in arms, but they don't actually realize the amount of stuff that those tournament organizers actually do that is so much different to when, like, these guys go to a shit-tier event. Like, there are some people running shit-tier events. That's just the way it is. Who are those yeah. cunts running stuff out of um, your part of the world, Prof? What, are, what were they called? Uh, that Those motherfuckers. They're running shit-tier events, right? That's what a shit-tier event is. And, like, you just have to really distinguish between the two of those. And if I was an NIP, a G2, a Fnatic, you know, the upper management there, and I saw a tournament like this, I would need some guarantees in writing. Like, I would want some kind of form of payment up front before sending my team in case it is shit. I'd want like guarantees of like hotels and all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't be sending my players halfway across the world to go to a tournament that doesn't have a pedigree around it. It has a shitload of prize money, sure. Does that prize money get paid out? Apparently. But is it worth putting your players who are on the road for 300 days a year to an event like that, which could just cause them like emotional and physical stress? It's like pro probably not. So I don't know. This is a broader point that I'm making right here, but for WSG, sure, they need to really, really look at their groups if they want to have anything decent of an event and maybe try and address that whole whole point with the nationality because that it doesn't make any sense in 2019. No. Yeah, we, we've gone way past that, right? There was someone in chat just saying about like, oh, should we see like a, a Football Cup star? I think the worst thing you do in CS is take away from just what the core teams are. I don't care about nationalities. I just want to see the best teams and the best players play, so... I mean, there's a bit of space anyway. for, for some of these for, for these tournaments. The problem is like, okay, not anymore, but used not to be the problem one. that there have there have been like four with that fucking Indonesian thing that I forgot what it was called ISF. as well. Oh yeah, that's it. Still exists. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with with that WSG TWC, and I don't know if there was something else that I'm forgetting now, but there was just a bunch of them. So that was like one. Cup, maybe. That's no, that's like a that's long, going long, way long, back. Long that's going ago. way back. That's a really long time ago. <laughs> but like, I, like from back in one point six, these tournaments actually had like were actually pretty good because the 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 nation the nations actually wanted to put together like side lineups and stuff like that. So for me, well, I think that's because we sense. had a lack of tournaments back then in comparison to now as well. Yeah, yeah, I think with the current circuit, I think with the current circuit, right? If you had that same situation as we baked back then. It wouldn't happen. Like for for yeah. me, the benefit of having like a WCG and an ESWC was I was a shit tier UK player, but that would be an opportunity to play and actually do well because like Four Kings, for example, didn't ever have a five man UK roster the same as like fucking Dignitas and stuff like that most of the way through. I think now and where we are, if they're going to run it like this, it should only be to maybe non-professional players, right? That would be pretty cool. Maybe we see some fucking up-and-coming players and they're all from one nationality. That would be probably dope. Like some players really that aren't pro level. Right? 
Yeah, but they don't seem to care about that. Like, if, yeah. if we go down the route of, we're like, come on, the, 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 we're, we're sat here. This, the money is great, right? It's all good. The tournament obviously ran okay last time around, not like a complete bomb-out shit show. But again, it's the same things as they're having issues now. So they clearly don't care to improve it, and they're clearly not listening to what the players are saying. And like Chad said, tweeting's not going to do anything, so they need to fucking get, the, get together and kind I of mean, make a decision. At, like- Tweeting at Western companies maybe will make some impact, but tweeting at WSG, a Chinese yeah. company, they yeah. don't really give a fuck about Twitter. But that who's literally running doesn't it touch... for them? I don't know. Like last year, they, they did it with Starladder. This time, it's not with Starladder, that's for sure, because UCC has been running running the online qualifiers in Europe. I don't know who's helping them on the LAN part. If it's UCC, I'm not really hopeful about that LAN. That's also something that people need to actually think about before going to this event. Starladder has experience with working also in like with these like Chinese companies working on like other other yeah. parts of the world even outside of outside of Ukraine where they have their own events which are pretty good and who's going to be running the land land part this time I have no idea so I don't know and UCC definitely their lands have been like only a couple of them and they've been pretty bad so if they don't have something in the pocket that can be a shit show just about the the whole world cup thing like football world cup you in football you have like a four month off season every year in cs you have obviously zero zero weeks considering the major so where do you put something like that like an exhibitional whatever fun tournament national there's no space in the, Christmas in the year time? for that oh yeah that's that's good that's good why not why not who why celebrates not? who has family anyway well, Chris, <laughs> the Chinese don't celebrate Christmas when the rest of us do. So yeah. it makes sense, right? Yes. Well, we'll I... have to wait and see if anything does change. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week if it comes up and, and is hopefully something does happen. I just think if you're the top teams, your actual teams like, if you're if you're the NIP and stuff like that, you're the fucking G2s, you, all of those teams need to get together and just say, look, we're not going to go unless you sort your fucking shit out. And if that doesn't change anything, then they know it's a joke anyway and they'll probably still go regardless. And then we can just say, well, I fuck mean, that event. I expect nothing to happen. And that just yep. shows like the kind of the hypocrisy of these like top level teams that like to pat each other on the back, say we're all good friends. We're fighting for stuff, except when it's like $200,000 that I can win, then fuck <laughs> everyone. I'll go for that. All right, well, let's move on to our next part of breaking news. And this one was coming into looking at the new team that has just been announced with Scream and Co. As I start to bring it up, I'm sure you can bring it up as well, Lucas. So we've got Draken, Hampus, Scream, Existence, and HS. And HS, bloody hell, how long's he been out of the picture? But I think that's been quite I a mean, while now. He hasn't been out of the picture. He's just been not visible in the picture yeah he's been yeah. there but you kind of have to look a bit deeper to, to see him because he's been in the, those tempo storm lineups with fox and stuff like that which hasn't been working out so yeah he's still there but la- last time he was relevant was that like bgl crackout major with penta that was his, okay, like kind yes, of breakout yeah. and and more or less just an just the end of his like yeah because they level. all got picked apart afterwards and Yes, yeah, didn't it didn't fit like that. So, is this a team, Prof? And we'll start with you because you were talking about it. That you think has any hope? I know you love a bit of Hampus. Uh, I was just talking about when we were talking about like Swedish CS and like in-game leaders or whatever. Yeah, he is a guy that didn't get an opportunity at like a, at the top levels. Even when he had an opportunity, the teams kind of fell apart pretty quickly. Is is this a good team? I don't think so. I don't think it makes any sense. 
I don't. I just. I'm kind of sad that he didn't stay in the Swedish scene. That kind of needs a player like him. Whatever. Draken, Scream, Existence, HS. I, I can't. What can I really say about this? I can't say much. <laughs> it's one of those things, though, right? This is where we need. To, this is another point of where distinction needs to be made. Do we? We do. We, do we consider them a top twenty team? No. Would they? you know potentially break in there if they have like a really good dream hack open event or something maybe if other teams are doing quite poorly but uh i think that if they want to be a professional team competing at a level within the tier three realms then fine but it's not a team that's ever going to do damage right it's just it's just never going to happen unfortunately uh there's not enough pieces in this puzzle that make sense like taking a risk on a lot of different elements here you don't have a, a solid base you don't have you know you're not you're not building around a, a new superstar you're building around older talent and the fact that you were talking about Hampus as being an in-game leader will they have existence in the roster so i'm pretty sure that he's <laughs> going to be doing the majority of that you know so uh, it's just it's just one of these teams as well and, and this is the same consideration that has to come into place when we talk about like a heroic or an optic or Things like that. Can they be, you know, dangerous within the realms of the top twenty? Yeah, but uh, are they an upset, an upset team? Yeah, but are they ever going to be a consistent top ten to top five? Probably not in their in their current uh, iteration. So it's just about setting or managing expectations, and I think the expectations of this team is maybe just a platform for people like Scream, like Hampus, like Draken to to rebuild their careers or build their careers for for Hampus, for example and then get picked up somewhere else because in terms of being a team that's actually going to get anything done, I, I very highly doubt it. There's a there's a guy in chat just bantering to see if he can get a reaction called LC303. Hello, oh. LC303. I've given you your time of day. You can go away now. Thank you for coming. Thank you for harassing me. That was good fun. Nothing's going to change in CS, is it really? Nothing's going to change like that. I mean, the, the bottom line for this team... Um is that it's just basically a bunch of rejects, right? It's just one of, another one of those teams that just come together because they're all free and they're all like semi-high profile. And that's that's how they put it together, basically. So that we know how those teams usually end up. They just end up changing all the time or just completely disbanding. So I, uh, yeah, I don't have high hopes for this. They did uh, qualify for the UML League land finals, if I'm correct. That's pretty yeah. good. What's UML? That's UML that is shit like the, fucking Unicorn League. Yeah, that's like the third Dude, online fucking league. piece of shit. That uh, <laughs> Valiant's played 54 online matches and then a best of three to qualify for the LAN. So 54 Basically, online matches? Holy shit. Yeah. And it, and you're it never going to so... get paid. You're going to get paid in Unicorns and all this shit and it don't work. So fuck that. Big paid in... shit show. That's, that's... I heard you say paid in Unicorns. To be fair, Unicorns is more likely than getting any of the fucking money from it. That bloody shit show. I don't know. It's uh, it started as like so some kind of a like uh, team organized league. You know, like people have stakes. Like every org has stake in the in the league. But now a team called Uruguay, which is the team we're <laughs> we're we're talking about, which if I'm not mistaken is just like a Simpsons joke. Where Homer finds Uruguay and says you're a gay on on the on the <laughs> globe. So whatever they qualified, then that's like a sick organization go. that is taking part in the United Masters League land finals in somewhere in Germany. I don't know, but uh, probably won't happen. 
probably won't get the money like ah, money i'm still missing as I, well i'm pretty sure guns. the land will happen but uh yeah whatever everything that's tied tied to like crypto stuff i'm i'm really skeptical yep. about um, well, I'm still waiting for my fucking paycheck when they left me stranded in fucking shit all of Germany. So, fuck those cunts. Stay away from them. Avoid them at all costs. Stay with legit people. Let's move on, because I'm triggered. Prof, striker. Your betting type, lads. And oh, Prof's probably yours. laughing all the way to the bank as striker is going to be in a position where maybe you won, maybe you didn't. We have... Do we have the do we have the like the graph? To yeah, see? yeah. Come should, on, Lucas, give us that we, magical we graph. Let's Come go. on, this is gonna be amusing. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> ah. <laughs> wow. Bad, yeah. Where did it all go so? Yeah, like, I honestly thought you had right a good chance. No, but I thought yeah, that's the last one is like. A complete drop off. Yeah, actually, that was yeah. your best. When we sat down and discussed it last week, that was probably your best chance. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, but How? the problem is, like, last week. But come on, that, that was like fucking online top tier five. Yeah, somehow, of course, prop fucking what 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 hit. <laughs> but Fuck. like, to be fair though, like the previous ones were much worse because this one was just like random as fuck because we didn't really have any any other options. Look, I'm I'm gonna own it, but. At this point, like I have to win my next slip, which obviously you're gonna, you're about to see what I what I put together. And yeah, if I don't win that, I I lost because this is the last chance. This is the last episode where we you're do this. You're gonna have yeah. to have gone really fucking insane. Not that actually, no, not not that much. Oh, okay, I just just, just for people what? asking in chat, this graph, by the way, is Prof and Striker have a bet every time. If you haven't watched HRTV confirmed, it's funny as fuck because. Both of these guys spend their lives living and dreaming about Counter-Strike. And Prof goes in with some wild bets. <laughs> Striker's actually been most sensible. And Striker's just bombed out. And the graft is the decline of his betting and his hope. Last week, I won 300 euros betting on No Chance, Argo, and W7M. Thank just, you very just, much. Just to clarify. Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, now at least we go back to the major, major stuff. So hopefully I can... I can actually at least like not okay. make a complete like bomb out. But we'll see. We'll let's see. see let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Am I gonna start? Okay. I can. I can start uh, actually. I can start. Actually. Okay, go for it. it I just. Uh, no, uh, you can't. No, I can't. I, I am. Totally Look, jubilated. but this is this is this is actually quite sensible. Uh, I'm just gonna put out the number, right? I bet the rest of my money, basically the one one ninety seven, <laughs> on this slip, right? Because that's the only way that I can make it back, and it's something like five. Yeah, five point sixty nine. There we go. It's it's now up. So I can actually go like above a thousand euros if I win this one, and it's not even that bad. Like if you look at it, Liquid and Astralis Fuck. to win their quarterfinal matches, uh, which is like they're heavily, heavily favored. Like I very much doubt that either of them is gonna lose. Like I'd be if that, I lose that one on one of those two matches, like I'm just gonna concede and and, and just like go hang myself because I've obviously like nothing is right in this world. The other two quarterfinals, I actually went with like to go into three maps. And obviously those are the risky ones. And the, that's why I had to go kind of risky because like I had to go to like a times six um, multiplier. I just this went with actually, This is actually it's pretty sensible. Good. It is this. sensible. And I feel like I have a pretty good chance because then it Renegades MIBR. I'm not 100% sold on MIBR. We're going to get to that. Uh, and obviously Renegades surprised. I feel like they could definitely take MIBR to three maps. And even if like Renegades win and MIBR take a third third map, I still win this, right? And same thing with Navi phase, like sure, and phase have not looked very good, 
in this last match against the in the against Cloud9, they actually were fairly convincing aside from the blunder on T side cash. Um, so I feel like they could take take a map off off Navi, and that's kind of my thinking there. Just like those two potentially like upset type matches going into three maps, and the other two are are just like heavily so heavily favored that I just went for those. Really nice. I mean, I did like a basic bet. I had no idea what you're going to do because yeah. I couldn't really anti-strat that. I didn't know if you're going to go for singles or doubles. I didn't want to invest too much. I couldn't go much. for singles. Like, I had I, to if go you had, for I, I, don't know, I don't know what you could You could do like combined <laughs> multiple bets or something. I just did like the basic bets and put like 50 euros on it. It's nothing special. How much do you, how much do you get out of this? Uh, it doesn't matter for profit at this point, does it? You no, can just no, chill. No, it does because if, he, if we both win, okay, yeah. I so get if, I win, if I win, I actually win. Yeah, oh, yeah, because okay. he invested like a shit ton yep. and not a big pair. So. <laughs> but no, these actually like going to three maps. This this could actually happen. Nah, I'm pretty scared. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I told you like I, I didn't even have to go that crazy. Like sure, I had to go into those. The thing is like those map things. They always they don't never work out for me. But I just had to go with them. I I rather went for those because the 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 actual match winners were like I might be able like 1.5, and you have Navi 1.55. And if I went for those, I would have just barely like touched. I would have barely got within touching distance from you, so I couldn't win. So I had to go slightly, yeah. slightly like. I mean, more it's risky. it's okay. I still think something will go wrong. Yeah, the, the I, thing I, is, I feel this, like this is what makes happen. me laugh about this, right? Because if anyone's been following the HLTV guys that do their like predictions on who they think is going to win matches in the major, Prof, aren't you sat like pretty much dead last <laughs> or near the bottom? Yes, you yeah, absolutely last. reamed out. <laughs> and the moment I got, I saw it tweeted out. I was like, at the bottom. Where I honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't care about. It. I was thinking about not playing, and I said, like, okay, I'll play, just to like get some more Twitter interactions, whatever the fuck. <laughs> and then I realized, like, if you're in the middle, no one's gonna mention you ever. So I'm just like gonna gonna go full YOLO. So either I'm gonna be first or last, and people are gonna just like bash on me. But at least someone, like, at least you'll someone be remembered. You. <laughs> you'll rem be remembered for something. Okay. Being bad. Everyone in Twitch chat right now, go and follow Prof on Twitter so he gets more Twitter interactions, and maybe he'll do a good job from there on for the rest of the stages. Give I'm, him some I'm actually, love. Because actually he's eliminated, eliminated. Actually. Oh, is that? We actually like they eliminated you guys the are teams. The worst part yeah. is like I only made it through because like we're two two of us. I'm basically like in the. First out of bottom eight, but there's two of us outside of the bottom seven or uh, bottom eight. Well, I would have been eliminated as well if Duck didn't basically have the same amount of points as me. Oh man! Oh, so man. we're like right. prediction so You're both not doing too not well. Doing well. Yep, that's a rip. That's a big yeah. rip. Yeah, but all in all, this is the last bet of this yeah. like, whole whole thing. So whoever loses has to. It's eat, actually like, got some, exciting on this last some, one. Some, I expected this, this to be the blowout. I, I thought it was just Prof like rinsing him. I thought like after I lost the last one and Prof won, won his, which is like fucking 300 euros on tier 10 CS and just like super random matches. I thought I was done. And then I figured out that I actually can put like 200 bucks on a pretty sensible multiplier, which like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see how it goes. I'm looking forward to next week more. Literally, this has come down to a conclusion I didn't expect because I didn't think there was any way you would ever have a chance of winning striker. So fair play for actually finding an opportunity in this. Now, let's get to our legend stage discussion. It's all happened. It was madness unfolding once again. And Chad, I'm going to go and start with you on this one because you always go against them, but your boys are getting it done furthest an Australian team has ever made it. 
Yeah, and I think it's very surprising in the fashion that they did it, right? It's because they actually yeah. ground out every win they had to prove themselves for. It. And in the first week when the Challenger Series was on, they were vocal about not liking that seeding system. But if they went through in like a cushier draw, like let's say, for example, if Vitality had gotten through and the only good team that they had beaten the entire time was NIP, which would have been the case, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't feel like they had beaten anybody else. Sure, they pushed Navi, but then they wouldn't have been legitimized in the same way as what Renegades are right now because Renegades have actually had to beat teams that we consider good time and time again to get to this point. And for me, you know, watching them win and, and getting that far and, you know, knowing that they put in a shitload of work to get to this point and what that means for, like, Australian gaming as a whole, that's, like, a, it's a really big deal, right? We're from a part of the world where gaming right now, it's slowly growing, but it's, it's yes. you know, every step of the time, we're so much further away from uh, Europe and America where, you know, all the big money and all the focus is around gaming. Asia doesn't really, you know, give too many fucks about Counter-Strike as it is, so... For us as mm-hmm. a nation, it's such a huge deal. Like people need to consider, we only have 26 million people in our entire country, and we, you know, compare that to America, which we're just a little bit smaller than in terms of land mass. Yeah. Uh, there's like contiguous United States, in case some people want to like pull up the stats, just so you were aware. Um, like they have 330 million people, so like it, it's a really big deal, and I think it's great because it's legitimate in the style they've done it. Azure, I think, has been doing a really good job in-game leading. They've had some like they've been doing anti-strating as well as having their own strategies. Uh, they've been getting the clutches done. The org, I think, is really paying off for players like Liaz and JKS. Um, but all in all, you know, it, it, they're just looking well-rounded as they move forward. Mm. I think it was a big surprise for me to see them go through in in a three-one fashion. I, would, yeah. I, I don't think they would have made it if they had to go into a 2-2 matchup uh, and they had to play like an NIP or something like that. I don't, I don't think they, they would have been able to do it you know, with the pressure against them. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's remarkable, really. I, I think that's, yeah. you know, they have to be the biggest revelation of the entire major series so far. And I, I want to just touch on this bit a, little bit, a little bit further with greatest faction because when I first saw him come into that roster, I think it was the Star Series we did, Chad. We did Star Ladder and he was looking okay-ish, like nothing too special, but like holding his position, quite passive warp and how he was. But my God, over this major, he's had clutches. He's not just been dominating with the orb. Like he has impressed. I've just been liking what I've seen from both, like both him and Lias, to be fair. Yeah, and I... Look, so Lias' stats aren't great, but if you look at the positions and the roles that he's playing, like he's yeah. doing his job. If he was contributing uh, like a little bit more so, then then yeah, you know, it'd be good. I saw some people in chat comparing the size of Denmark, etc. Yeah, you're also part of Europe, you dumb fucking cunts. Um, so there's <laughs> a, a lot more money there. It's a lot yeah, more developed. A lot more money. Like you got to think a lot, but you actually have internet that works. Where I live in Australia, to the east coast, which is where everybody else lives. Uh, I play with 70 to 80 ping and my download speed was 500 kbs so you know people really are are moronic I think that's pretty safe to say but um, you know there's there's a little qualifiers you're playing against in Australia as well sorry to cut you there chat you're playing against Asian teams which are also fucking miles away as well and the pings don't help there either yeah, there's there's a lot of different factors right we don't get to play against you know the the majority of where good Counter-Strike is and I think it was back in like 2015 or something like that was like the first time an Australian CSGO team had beaten European teams to qualify for a major in the first place and now they're in the top eight of a major right so uh, I think there's 
there's a lot of uh, a lot that's happened here, and I think it, I think that the mixing the old blood with it with the young, and then you've obviously got Jacob, the Norwegian, who's just the rock in the team. It seems good, but as usual, I'm still never going to predict them to win a game, just so I don't. Jinx them. <laughs> you don't want to jinx them at all, Prof. Uh, you guys, striker, anything to add to that on the? Yeah, I mean, when this team came together, I was mm. skeptical, mostly just because of like the in-game leading factor, like who is going to do it, how good is he going to do it, and I've been like getting proved wrong time and time again. Like every time I like move the Doesn't move take the much. Move, move the line. <laughs> 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 but yeah, every time I, like move the expectations a bit higher, it's like okay, this is this is their level. This is okay. There'll be like a top fifteen team maybe. Then they like push it like borderline top ten. Then they like just move just just every time they manage to like surpass my expectations. So. Props to them. Didn't really see this coming, but they are just a good team, decent team overall. Yeah, I have to agree with that because even at, like after they lost to Astralis, like up to that point, I was just like starting to get a feeling that they're just riding the wave of confidence where they just like obviously they went undefeated in that first stage. Then they beat Ends, then they beat FaZe, beat M M um, Astralis after a fucking massive comeback on Mirage. That was a really impressive one for me. Because Astralis does not do this. Astralis never loses these. Like it literally, I feel like it literally never happened for them to lose like a like a fourteen five lead on any map ever. Like since they got together, like I don't have that confirmed, but I feel like I don't I don't remember this happening. So for the for, for Renegades to be able to do that, and then obviously they lost this, the the second and third map pretty one sidedly. The third map sixteen two and Inferno. So I thought they were just gonna fall on their face, fall on their face a little bit. And just like the confidence would just go down, and then they immediately won the the match that got them through to the playoffs against Vitality. Like, sure, you can talk about Vitality being not that um, not that experienced together, like not that well rounded because of like fairly recent changes, not that much time, uh, and stuff like that. But they have actually been a team that that just barely didn't make it through. So you can't really, yeah, you can't really have anything to say against Renegades and how they what their run was because they beat legit teams. They beat teams that made it to the playoffs they actually played pretty well against Astralis at least on on the first map obviously and then they beat a team that barely didn't make it um in vitality so that that's a yeah. that's a pretty re really really impressive route um, I was uh I was pretty vocal on Twitter when they this was before they picked up the new players right it's when Nifty went and I was saying like this is it they should just like you know uh, dissolve the team uh, and let Azur and JKS, you know, get picked up by another North American squad. So, like, not as a duo, just individually or whatever, so that they could, like, have a chance to try and uh, show their worth, right, under, you know, a new system, all this kind of stuff. And I was very vocal about that because I, I, I got to play with them firsthand, so I, I knew the potential that was there, right? Like, I could see how good they, they could be. And it just felt like if they were going to rebuild again under an Australian, like, banner, they were going to bring in two, like basically rookies right like let's be honest you're coming from playing just maybe a couple of international lands to a team that's been living and competing in north america and then playing in the big tournaments on a regular basis they're rookies to that that world so i thought that this was going to be just another oh yeah we'll add a couple guys and we'll see what happens and we'll make, make another roster change in six to eight months like what had happened with renegades consistently uh, i i think that this boot camp has really helped them a lot like obviously they've been in poland now for it's like six weeks or something insane it's a yep. very long time so like I think that's that's helped them a lot, and I think a bigger problem is going to be after this event, 
when they go back to North America, their level is going to drop off. It's just it's just going to because you're not playing against the best teams in the world on a consistent basis. So they've learned a lot and they've come a very long way. But I just think when they go back and they don't have as much to play, there's many the same caliber of teams isn't there to play against and all that kind of stuff. I think they, their level will definitely drop off. But I don't think you know it's going to be as stark as as you know, they're not going to drop off to being the twentieth best team in the world anymore. There's going to be a decent yeah. period of time where they can compete for this the top ten spot, and I think you guys have them as like eighth now in HTV.org, yeah. which is yeah, it's right. just crazy. In they actually way. stayed. They actually stayed in the same spot towards compared to last week. Didn't move that much. I think they lost something from like the ending of last year. I feel like they but had anyway, the yeah, I am I am Chicago, right? They had the top good good place yeah, there. What was it? The Pro League finals time. No, probably following was Denmark. I'm pretty sure it's Chicago. But yeah, eighth place. That's like by that's by far the highest they they were at, isn't it? Like they had some like 15 as the best before. Or, I'm or pretty sure if you if you open open yeah, their profile that it now. says peak rank, I'm pretty sure it's eight. They never yeah, it is were eight. higher it than is this. Eight. Doesn't make and sense. They had like a they had like a, a period at the start of 2018 where they were tenth. That's they, a, they didn't that's... stay there. As you said, Sponge, at the beginning, that that's the best thing about this new new format that no one can say, okay, they fluked through like three best of ones or whatever. They had like easy opponents. They didn't. They had like pretty tough opponents. Played best of three deciders to go through best of three decider against Australis, which they, if that was a best of one, maybe who knows? Maybe they could have gone through that. People say, oh, this is bullshit. The format shit. This team is like lucky, whatever. But yeah, they didn't. They. Lost that, went to Vitality, won that. Mega legit. Love the format. Where it yeah. says it's bad is just needs to go back and watch previous majors and look at the brackets, look at the look at the draws that we had in the playoffs that we had like literally in the first first match like of the group stage, Astralis Liquid or Astralis Navi. Like what is that stuff? That yeah, that's yeah. that's unreasonable, Look, totally unreasonable. Anybody who tries to fault this system or like the the changes in, you know, the best of threes or anything along those lines or you know, people who critique like the seating not being harsh enough, all that kind of stuff, they'll have internal biases, right? Like they're either like a, a fan of a team or they're part of a team or they're somehow connected to something along those lines where it hasn't been the best outcome or the most easy outcome for them. Like people go, oh, you look at Astralis' run, it was really easy to get to this point. Yeah, but they're also the best team in the world. Like people really don't look objectively at a lot of things in life. And that's super frustrating. But those are the people who are just going to walk around life looking at their shoes, right? So I, I, it's no skin off my nose. It's just that vocal minority of people who don't use their brains are the ones who bother to make a Reddit account and, and make stuff vocal when they actually think that their opinion matters in the world. Like people genuinely, there are some people like Reddit is actually fantastic for feedback when they have an open forum discussion with people who are uh, mindful and can bring different points of view without getting butt hurt over things. But the problem is, in the world we live in, there's way too much tribalism and way too many people wanting to be attached to a, some form of uh, a group to make themselves feel better. And, you know, that's that's the, the truth of the matter here is that people will critique this stuff based off the fact that it hasn't worked out for their tribe or their group of people, which it's just the, the sad truth of humanity. That's the thing. Real like, deep. I mean that oh, potentially... Yes. Potentially, this this can still be like tweaked, like the Elo. Maybe some teams could lose more. Maybe they should lose, like gain a, a bit less or whatever. 
uh, people quote like the avant-garde avant-garde run they had liquid then they beat they lost liquid beat nrg beat phase then lost to navi and dense say like oh this is a rough run but only because they're ranked 15. so there are multiple reasons why they're ranked 15. i honestly think that was too low and we did our rankings and we put yeah. them a bit higher of course that is kind of that kind of sucks but Moving through that, in the last game, it only matters to, to go through, right? And in the last game, they were playing Ents, who were 0-2. They were about to be eliminated, didn't look good. And they didn't beat Ents. And it didn't beat Ents not because Ents played some insane CS, and they were, I don't know, like one player was sick for four days, and then the fifth day, he was miraculously recovered and played his best CS of all time. It was just because Avangard didn't play well in the last game. And they lost because they didn't play well. And that's why they're not in the playoffs. And that's it. So they could have maybe gotten a bit, like, it seems like a hard run. But in the end, looking at every every team's run and all of the teams that went to the play playoffs and the teams that didn't go to the playoffs, it seems like by far the fairest power bullshit that is. But it seems like no one was really like gifted away into the playoffs, and no one was really stolen and like eliminated by playing too many good teams. And it's it's miraculously wonderful actually to look at this and see like remembering all of the shit like groups of death we had, yeah. like random draws in the Swiss that gave us like I don't know, and then Australis playing MIBR in the quarterfinals and stuff like that. Just looking at this, it's. We need to be thankful and just be like reasonable and say, okay, maybe this can be tweaked a bit, but not be totally, as you said, biased to certain teams or whatever. The thing is, it's just it might not be perfect from like the the, the underdog's perspective, uh, but it's very close to being being perfect. So like, you, sure, you can tweak a little bit the reseeding potentially, like how harsh it is on like massive upsets, like with. Fnatic, you know, losing to the to the sixteenth and then fifteenth, and they were like, I think they ended up at at like eighth in like eighth place. Like some of those, the really harsh ones, I feel like could have been a little bit tweaked, and that's like basically the the only thing that you can complain about. Like outside of that, if and if that's the only thing you can complain about, that's a really good format. It's just yeah. like potentially like very very tiny little tweaks for when like the the teams just seem to basically miss seed the some of their opponents at the start and them getting getting bashed because of that like something like avant-garde i feel like yeah i agree with that 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 was that might have been a little bit off but it's just like they still lost to three i think three teams who went three two if i'm not I, mistaken I, I think with that as well if you consider that whole situation right there of uh, teams under seeding or over seeding teams uh, you need to think about, well, it's not that we need to think about, it's that the, probably the timing of this event played into that a lot as yeah, well. Because if we had like more months played of Counter-Strike, then I think, you know, the seeding might have been a little bit more fair. But when MIBR, for example, hadn't played a single official with this roster since 2017, and then they get <laughs> seeded as highly as what they did, you know, you question, is it just the name value that gets them that seed? And then Avangar, who played some pretty good Counter-Strike, I thought, got pretty hard done by Whereas like some of the other bigger names were put above them and it kind of just feels like it was because of that fact, right? It kind of just feels like because of the name value. And that's fine in a way. I, I feel exactly like what you're saying. It worked itself out in the wash. You could look at all those 2-2 two -two matches and I think that they all made sense, right? Because personally, if, if you get to that point of the tournament and you have teams like... 
the teams who went, you know, zero and two and had to come all the way back like ants. Okay, they got pretty lucky to get Avangar, all things considered. But Avangar as well, we were just saying, are a team who should have been seated above fifteenth place. So you ha- kind of you have you have to pick and choose the battles when you're talking about that kind of stuff. I think all those matchups were were really good matchups, like on, on paper, and we got some good games out of them. The fact that the I, I'm just surprised, like about that phase Cloud Nine game, considering the stark con- contrast of those two teams at this point, that. Um, Phase made it look so easy and then almost choked. Like I didn't think they'd have yeah. trouble closing those games out. Oh god, yeah. that was, oh, god. That was so awkward. Was so, it was so awkward. So bad. Oh my. I felt like <sighs> the thing is like this is this kind of a choke you would expect. Okay, I'm, I'm going to mention ants now, even though obviously they kind of turned it around. But um, we've been talking about ants and them kind of having the tendency to choke so like some of these big leads or at least like let other teams like get way too close for comfort. And that that's like the type of a team that you would expect this from, right? But not FaZe, who literally has like the the most veteran roster out, out of almost all of the teams there. Like, okay, yeah. outside of maybe like the top three or something. But like FaZe literally looked like they just completely stopped thinking about what they were going, going to do on the T side and, and just like went randomly most of the time. And then finally towards the end, they started to have some plan, but obviously that was already a little bit too late. Cloud9 already had momentum as fuck. And then... Face had had a hard time breaking through their stacks and stuff like that. In the end, they just closed it out with a fake that was actually pretty well thought out, and that looked like. And even I think on on the stream, it was said that that it was actually YNK who kind of came up with that um, to close it. But this is like literally something that you would expect from an inexperienced team who just doesn't know how to close, who gets way too confident for for big leads. But these these guys have been in this position before, where they lead something like twelve three. And they they just get come back came back on or whatever, so this this was really uncharacteristic of a, of an experienced team for sure. Do you think that there's some of it because obviously like Yanko tried to well I'm assuming and it's from the outside looking in even though Yanko's a friend of mine I don't talk shop with him about what he's bringing to a team I think you know leave him to his stuff right but yep. from the outside at least from my perspective MIBR looked a lot more like execute heavy. That looked like that's how they wanted to establish their game plan early when he first kind of joined, right? It looked like a lot of executes, a lot of set pieces. And with that in mind, if you brought that similar thing across the phase, it's like uh, these players haven't done that for a very long time. Even when Carrigan was in game leading, they still had a couple of set pieces, but it wasn't full execute heavy, right? So there's probably a period of time, a bit of lag right now, a bit of input lag of the game plan that they've talked about and them having to now learn what they have been told to do in officials and apply that under pressure. Whereas this historically has just been a team of players who just kind of have a loose structure and work really well with each other. And now they've been given protocols and contingencies. And you can see sometimes they look a little bit uncomfortable or unsure of the decision-making, which is something we wouldn't normally attest to players like Olaf and, and Nico, etc., because they're usually great in those kind of positions. So I think it's 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 needed that they they take more of a structural route right now, but it it sucks that well it's a good thing and a bad thing. They're going to play a team like Navi in well they are going to play Navi right in the in the opening round of the yep. championship bracket, and that's one of the games where you want them to be able to play more heads up because Navi um like they're going to milk the mid rounds, but if you just shut right. them out and it's not simple and electronic last alive or flamey like he played in the last few days of that tournament. Um, then it's really hard for them to get back in. Whereas for FaZe, let's say it's a two on four with any of their two players, it's it's possible for them to win it. So 
I think it's just an adjustment period for FaZe right now. I'm not sure, we've spoken about this before, I'm not sure if they're going to keep Adren going forward. I guess that depends on the type of result they get here and how comfortable they feel. But yeah, for them to struggle against Cloud9 in that sense, I think the fact that they got such a huge lead and couldn't couldn't close was very troublesome, even after like that whole diffuse situation that went down on that A-bomb site. Like that was... He almost defused the bomb for a total of like fourteen seconds, right? When that was that was crazy that he didn't actually win that round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the moment, it didn't feel like a big deal, right? Because of the scoreline. But when you reflect on how close that game got in the end, it's like holy shit! Like if he had won that round, maybe we would have had gone to the third, or maybe we'd had a different story on our hands. Yep. All right, let's talk about some of these zero three teams then, right? NRG and Big, obviously NRG being the the massive shock factor in there. Um, is it just a bad day at the office? Was this underprepared, or where do you think it went, guys? I'm gonna take it from like what from a little bit of hindsight, and that mm-hmm. is that we have just learned that potentially Tariq could be replacing Fugly if yep. that gets confirmed. Obviously, that's one of the rumors that came out. I think even today or yesterday was it. And that you have to think about when this came into play, right? Because it's so close to the major, it's so soon after the major that if it's true, it feels like it must have started started um like that whole thing must have started before the major. And so then you have to look at like their their motivations and stuff like that if if some of the players perhaps didn't have their heart in it and and everything like that. At the same time, you also have to look at the close matches that they played because they literally played every single map close like every single map yeah. went to like 16 13 14 and the last two in overtime so like sure they should have beaten complexity that was the big one i feel like nip that could have been like nip just have like these peaks where they can beat teams um teams that are technically better than them and avangar obviously were one of those teams that we, we got surprised by so sure energy should probably shouldn't have gotten to that point but you can at least understand it, and then complexity was the was was the rough one. So I don't know. Generally, I feel like energy showing wasn't as bad as people um, kind of portray it to be. But obviously, it was a massive disappointment because we expected them to to go to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they are one of the teams that le- at least I said would surely not go three. Most likely, will go to the playoffs because they have. Uh, long-standing roster, all of this. So I was proved wrong. My predictions are shit. Whatever. But uh, <laughs> just looking at this uh, this NIP NIP game, NIP NRG on Nuke. Some people say, why pick Nuke? I mean, NRG are kind of kind of comfortable on that map. Top fragger for NRG, Daps. Daps. Bottom fragger, Circ, 12 kills. On NIP, yeah. Daps has 23 kills. NIP, Res, 33 kills. Forest, 31 kills. And they lose 16-14. I mean, the, this is this is one of those matches where it's just like NIP's map pool at the moment, as I joked to Striker like yesterday. <laughs> it's like and I, maps where NIP are good on, it's like maps where Forest goes ham. And then maps where they're not good on, it's Forest not going ham. doesn't matter what map, like what side, whatever. It just he sometimes turns on and what can you do? You lose well, the map. I actually, I actually was... We were talking about Forrest in the green room the other day, and they were like, wow, you know, he's always putting up these big numbers. But if you actually go to his profile on hgtv.org and you yeah. look at his stats, right? And you yeah, for this event, he's not that sick, like, overall. No, no, no. That's not, no. I, the, the point I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get to here is if you look at when he plays against anybody in the top, I don't know, top 10 
uh, not the current top 10, but you know what I mean by that, like the, the upper yeah. echelon of teams. You look at the, the matches, right? So I've got, I've got a list right here. So we'll take the Vitality game out because that hadn't happened before I, like while I was talking about this in the green room. But MIBR is a team that we would consider comfortably in the top 10. He, in those, in yep. that game, he had 0.79 and 0.78 rating. But then Hellraisers, you know, they're like a cusp team. He had a 1.16. Liquid are a, a top, you know, definitely a top 10 team. He had a 1.18 there. But you go down the list, he's got some huge ratings against names like Vici. He's got, you know, 1.35s. He's got Vers Vega, 1.78. You go down, all of his are over like ones. And then you go to when he's late last year when they're versing good teams. Astralis, 0.85. MIBR, 0.64. Navi, 0.8. Astralis, 0.38. Astralis, 0.86. Astralis, 0.68. You go down, okay, then they play North. You know, another cusp team of the top 10 kind of thing. Gets a 1.46, a 1.38. And then you keep going down. Fnatic, 0.81, 0.92. Like, it just does, it, it seems like he can, when he's versing these, I don't, I'm going to use the term no-namers, but I don't know, I don't mean that right. I mean that, like, they're not the current top four, top five best teams in the world, that he's just going to have his way with them. But when he has to verse teams which are really well-coordinated, you know, they have everything down pat, or they just have super players in it, like the Na'Vi's, for example, with, with Simple and Co., he can't keep that same level, which which makes sense. But it's like, if you just look at this, it, it's just the contrast of that. Versus everybody else, he just fucking gets in there and destroys. And as soon as he steps up to the plate against the big teams, it's just so much harder for him. So it, can't, it, it makes sense because it is against the best teams in the world, but it's just one of those weird anomalies that he always can perform against a weaker team. I guess maybe it's like that confidence plays where you start pushing out a bit more, you, you go in for frags, you, and then come up against these heavy hitters. Like Nip for a while hasn't been able to deal with that, right? It's not a not a team we've seen be able to hold strong like that. You're not getting away with multi kills, you know, versus Australis. You're probably yeah. getting one and done and one in trading. And just uh, just quickly before we move too far away from that, we we're, we we're talking about something. A machine, I think, had like the best way to describe Phase as like on their CT side. He was like. They're players who play positions for everybody else in the world that would be one and done's, but they always manage to get two. And I was like, yeah, like that's a pretty good way to describe that. Like they play like risky angles, they like play forward positions where probably they should only get one, but because they're so skilled, they get two and a half out of it, right? They yeah. get the absolute most out of those positions, which is like it's like crazy to think about it when you when you put that in context because you watch FaZe play, they have good communication and they move around the map very well, but their executes are very sloppy. Um, you know those kind of details are they're not they're not the same level as what we would expect from a you know a top five team in the world. But I derailed us from uh, we're talking about NIP. My apologies. Is this uh, Cloud Nine fan from Sponge? Is that the fan that's going on from his laptop all the time? <laughs> I thought I fixed that. Now now it started again. <laughs> it was it was good for some time. Just the triggering well, prop and striker and the fans. Yeah. Well, just to touch back on back on energy, which is where we kind of started, and then. Yeah, dribbled over to NIP because of Nuke and, and just their maps. Generally, like from the interview that I had with Daps after they went out, like the on the day after, I think it was, um, even he like he was kind of like defending his choices and stuff like that. And he was, he was right a lot of the time, like picking Nuke against NIP. Like sure, they even lost eleven four their T side. They only got four on T side, and they still were able to get it to thirteen thirteen. And then they fucked up like a two v five or something. And that forest. yeah. Exactly, and that that that's where it basically got away from them. So they even came back into contention, into a winning position, but then fucked up like one big round, and that cost them the game. 
and stuff like this. This was not. I, I agree with him that this this was not down to the maps. They still had like they were still in winning positions and they were still like in those close matches, obviously because they literally just played every single match close as we said before. But they just couldn't close it because of some some mistakes in in big rounds, just not being able to close miss situations and stuff like that. So it's just like tiny little mistakes basically that just cost them basically every single map. And you have to wonder like where that comes from if it's just. It is it is something that they always like kind of struggled with though they well, like they're famously bad at anti ecos they lose oh, yeah. like every sure. anti eco like it's maybe even worse for them to win the pistol than lose one because they just lose to USBs in the next round and <laughs> stuff like that I I remember like I don't know who told me about it he was doing like an interview with Cirque and asking about like what's going on in these rounds and he was just Cirque just got depressed like I don't know we just lose everyone it's like. Okay. It was with Maya. That was my interview. I think, yeah. Actually. <laughs> but yeah, he's he individually. Cirque has also been kind of missing. That's also an issue for them. It has been. Yeah, it has been so me. long though, as well. Like I felt like he was gonna come back from it because it was like some something like you know, April May last year when Cirque was looking at was looking like um maybe even a like a top twenty player and and <clears throat> sorry and since then. Like he, of course, he still had like fairly good stats. But when you look at the matches, he just seems to have much fewer like those impact rounds that he had, like in the first half of the year. So I'm not sure where that comes from. His stats actually seem pretty good at this point. But it's just like looking from the eye test, I feel like he he isn't having that much impact as he used to back at like ECS season four. Was it five? Five, I think. It's definitely been the Ethan and Breezy show for like a pretty long period of time, I think. Like Cirque, when he yeah. shows up, it, it looks really good, but it's not consistent, right? He's not a consistent. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's hard to be a consistent orb or have a team built around your orb when you have players like Ethan and Breezy who are, you know, just being used for everything. Like those two are just running. Like you watch Ethan on Overpass. He's left to his own devices over towards that B-bomb site quite often, like probably more often than not. He's just like pushing into water and taking jewels at sandbag very early in the rounds. And there's nobody even really there. They put a lot of faith in their individuals to get that kind of stuff done. And, you know, they're a team who you think of, think of should be pretty like strat heavy because you think Adapt is an in-game leader and Fugly is a support player, like doing a lot of the grunt work. And maybe Breezy and Ethan haven't gotten the star recognition that they probably deserve. Um, but when you think about the roster, you think, oh, yeah, pretty strat heavy. You know, they, they have everything down. But realistically, when you look at a lot of the rounds that they're winning, it's because one of those two names I'm listing are getting two to three kills or they're doing something, you know, outlandish. Those two players are, uh, I think they're phenomenal. I think they're really good individuals. Um, but it, it's hard to expect them to show up all the time. And that's one of the, the symptoms here. You're talking about that new game. Well, that's just a perfect example of where some of the star power was missing. And, you know, Daps had to do more. He had to get more done, and it, it wasn't enough. So they have to be very disappointed, and it wouldn't surprise me if Fugly went for Tarek, even if they did make the top eight at this major, um, or Fugly went for someone. Because I think if they want to continue to climb up the ranks and contest, uh, he was probably the name that would have to go, or probably a protocol upgrade. I think that a personnel upgrade even. I think that... Um, I think that I played against Fugly a lot in the past and he was very good at playing those anchor roles and, you know, getting those two to three kills when you needed him to. But with a lot of talent on the market, it's not surprising that they would be looking for a new player in the, in that area, especially now they can, what are they? 
they're within the top 10, right? So they're trying to contest for, you know, top five spot on a more consistent basis. And I think the potential is there. That makes sense. Now, let's talk about big a little bit, right? They have a, a situation where they change a player. Uh, obviously, Smuya going and next coming in pretty last minute in terms of all that kind of situation for them. But I definitely put too much stock in them. Yes, uh, last week when we were doing it, right? I definitely was like, yep, they'll have some way. They always manage to make it work. Like, they'll have super strats ready. They looked okay at E-League. There's something to work off of. Fuck me. That was yeah, I still disappointing. Thought, like, I... I I have to back you up here. I still didn't think they were going to go zero three. I still no. thought they were I, <laughs> sure. I I saw like some of their issues with like strategies and and things like that not being completely um, on the same page with with Zantaris and stuff like that. I yeah. I saw that coming, but I still didn't think they were going to go zero three. I still thought they had they were going to have that star power and just win maybe a win a match or two just based on that because obviously just taps and has always delivered. And Zantaras actually had like a really good start with the team as well, but obviously that wasn't the case at the major. Zantaras um, had a couple of really, really poor games, and even we I mean, even Tapson didn't really show up as much. And I I'm not sure if it was just down to him kind of trying to to be a little bit different with the op compared to before because he, he used to be secondary. Now he was kind of primary, even though they were trying to work around it and just not even have an op a, a lot of the time. So I feel like yeah. just some of these like role switches and and um, and things around the op kind of made him not have as much impact as usual. And some somehow it was Nex who I thought was just gonna gonna be great because of like his break because of the wrist issues that that was actually carrying them through through matches and trying to 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 push them further. Obviously it didn't work in the end, but that's just like all of that together was just so surprising to me. Yeah. The th- yeah. Just the thing I think with Tabson, because you made the point about the orping and him normally being the secondary, there's a very big difference between you know being a secondary orper and a primary orper because to be a ride or die mm-hmm. orper, you have to go and do it every single round, right? Like you're not getting taken off that role. It's being given to you and picked up for you and you're being facilitated. So that it's it's a, such a big change. I don't think you know people realize how much of a change it actually is to do the primary orping role. It's, it's not just as simple as just, oh yeah, I'm going to orp now. It's the way that you have to approach certain jewels. As a secondary orper, you're more sporadic, right? Because you don't have to do... You're not part of the strat on the T side where you're actually being used to clear and hold angles. You kind of just get to run into a situation and take a fight. Same when you want to use a CT. If you want to supplement the side you think an orp's necessary, you orp differently to how a primary orper would. And that's why, like, when we saw MSL pick it up for North and he, you know, was actually making it work, we've seen God B use it before and he's playing in bloody Pop Dog with it on train. It's because these are things that you people aren't expecting. But once you become the primary orper, your vision on your thoughts on orping has to change. So I actually think that the big here have some like pretty tough choices to make considering now that Chris J is available, right? With Chris J on the yeah. market right now being an orper and you know he could do secondary in-game leadership, uh, he could be one of the names who they, they could potentially be looking at. And I'm pretty sure he would speak German because he's yes. from the Netherlands, very close, uh, similar language. And he I, actually speaks German, though. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he speaks German fluently on all the all the old German lineups for mouse sports. So and there's stuff. there's no problem there. So I think you know that's maybe yeah. one of the ones to consider. But yeah, it was pretty flat from them. I'm surprised that they kept going to Mirage after they yeah. you know, had their struggles with it. I didn't think that was ever like a super strong map of God B. I remember when he was on uh, NRG with Leggear and Tabson, and and they played it back in the North American days. That they had like a couple of cool strats. 
He actually did those pillar smokes at B as one of his strats to draw the player off cat. And what they do is that they would have two people come late top mid and push up through those smokes into the site because everyone else is focused on, on apps. Um, so it's something that he's you know has a tactical mind for, but maybe that was just the the idea to, to lean towards maps where Zentaras is normally yeah. extremely, extremely comfortable. That that is my but, thinking as well about the whole Mirage thing because that used to be their like perma ban of big like not that long ago before just before these last roster changes. So I think it was something to suit Zentaras, and then Zentaras performing very badly is like 1.8 rating for the tournament or something like that. That is. Kind of, if you're if you're playing towards your star player and your star player doesn't perform, you're most likely gonna lose. I think that's there's no like big big thinking about that one. So T sides looked pretty pretty shoddy overall, and it's just I think the lack of the opera, as you said, Smuya was comfortable on, with with the T side op and Tabs and not so much. And yeah. it it is a t totally different thing than CT side oping. And even on the CT side, if you're playing double ops all the time. Way different to, to playing like a primary op where you have to play literally all of the positions on the map. And like if you're double oping, you play like half of the map. Half of the map is for the other guy. So all of that combined just led to them not performing that good. I mean, I I am surprised to see them go 0-3, but at the same time, mm -hmm. I wasn't I wasn't expecting them to go to the playoffs just just so quickly with this new old lineup. I mean. Antara is pretty new, and next coming back in, no opper. So there's practically Tabson is also like a new player just because he's now opping. All of that coming together, I think. Mix up. Yeah, I think that needs more time, definitely. I still think that Tabson can be the primary opper, but I don't think he, he will be or that he needs to be if they can just make some roster change to enable Chris J or whoever they, they think will fit in. I like the idea of that as well. Jero in chat said he this big think... Um... That Tabzad is a better warper than Sabuya. I don't think it comes down to that. I think they said it quite openly. It was just like the way Big want to play, right? They, especially Godby, wants to have full control of all the pieces. And there was quite a few back and forth issues. You saw the tweets that come out over and over again. And they want to play their style of Counter Strike. And I guess Tabson's able to do that. And like you guys were saying, they're on the CT side as well. So yeah, Godby did say it all, like, like it all turns the, around. Yeah, for the CT side, he just liked Tabson's way of opping better because it's like more reliable to lock down positions and i think that makes sense because Muga can maybe overextend and die or not do what you should do for the ct side so they just said okay Tabson is better at getting like one or two kills that we need and mm. he'll he'll just be the primary ct side opper and we'll play with him all right, anything else you guys want to cover of the legend stage before we move on a little bit further forward here and go look at our top three of the week before we then go into our champion stage discussion and do our pickums? Um, I MIBR maybe touch on because I feel like I they, mean, they're also a kind of a we'll talk about we them talk. Oh, in yeah, the playoffs fair. anyway. So. I mean, that's fair enough, yeah, 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 okay. What do you want, Sponge? All right, well, let's go I, on I to our top gonna, three of the maybe, week. Maybe Cloud9? Okay, I was go, just going to talk go. about Cloud9. I just thought <laughs> yeah. it'd be very important to talk about Cloud9. Yeah, that um, is true. Because you are if, a you, fan. if you watch the games that they played in this next stage, what they actually managed to do was show the worth of all the individuals in that team. Like, Zelsus as a rookie winning some clutches and having some impact on pistol rounds, that's probably more than what you could ask from him in this kind of environment. So he's kind of out of this discussion. But the other four players, in terms of their roles and positions and impact in the team, 
all managed to have like crazy moments, especially that like automatic clutch on Dust 2. I thought that was sick. Yeah. Uh, where they just really were able to highlight the strengths of all these players. And I, was, I, and I still am a little bit skeptical of the roster going forward if Golden doesn't come back because I think the strategic direction of them is clearly missing, right? And I, and I actually think Golden is a really good in-game leader. I liked what he did with Fnatic when he, he joined them. Um, but the bigger problem, I think, for the Cloud9 team is when Akiyoshima, Flusher, and Golden, if he comes back, going to want to go home because that's going to, ha- that's going to happen eventually, right? Like, and it's quite clear that Cloud9 want to be a North American-based team. It makes sense that they're a North American organization. Um, but in this tournament, in the context of this stage, I think that like the big names, Automatic, Flusher, and, and uh, Kiyoshima, Kiyoshima especially because for the longest time, he's been out of playing at the top level, right? All showed their worth as individuals, like th- throughout that whole thing. Flusher, all, all things considered, he was playing an absolute you know banger of games and they're doing stuff without proper strategies um they're taking inspiration on the fly they were copying like pistol strats of other teams which everybody does by the way but they didn't have their true in-game leader and i think that if they had their if golden was there and this is no disrespect to zelsus um that they had a really good shot of of making the top eight like if they had golden just seeing what those parts did because i think they proved themselves uh, that they can play really well under any condition. They don't actually need the structure or whatever, which is probably the biggest strength of those kind of guys. So there's positive signs for them if Golden comes back, and that's something that we just kind of have to wait and see, I think. Let's wait and see indeed. All right, top three of the week. So if anyone new joining us, top three of the week is where I give these guys a topic to choose from. They don't know what I'm going to ask them, and they have to quickly come up the spot. They literally just make... A very quick two-minute timer, and they have to give me my reasons. Now, let's get this up. Da-da-da. Where'd I put it? Discuss this all with Lucas. Now I can't see where I wrote it. Fail by me. Fail by me. You don't remember? Oh, here we go. Top top three best major runs. Thank you very much, Lucas. In my ears. Best I know you guys can't runs. hear him. Yeah, so like a team that's had a ridiculous run. We've just had, obviously, the, uh, NR, the Renegades one, right? In terms of they've had a big improvement, things we didn't expect. What other major runs come into play for, for you guys where you would say it's like one that really stands out for you across all majors? And who's going to lead us this time? Striker, you can start I with guess, a little two minutes. I guess I have to start because the, the, the other two guys started before. There you go. Okay. Let me just give me, give me like 10 seconds too to kind of <laughs> gather my thoughts. This is always so rough on you guys as well. Yeah, but yeah. But th- Lucas, but get that time already. This, also, this is also a rough one just because you have to go back fucking six years for the last, well, yeah. five, five and a half for the first one. Actually, I'm going to start with the first one just because of Fnatic and uh, the storyline going into that event where they only just got in Pronax for Madi at that time. And they just somehow won the event after beating NIP in the grand final, massive, um, massive surprise. Actually, might actually might be my first one. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not totally convinced about any any of the others. So this might actually end up going up in the list, right? Okay. But I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna do it like this. Matic at the HW 13 for for the third one so far. Let me let me look at the the other ones just quickly. Cause it's kind of hard. I, okay, number two, at least like. A pretty sick round was um, an IP at Cologne. Uh, well, Cologne 2014, obviously a winning round as well. I'm probably only going to go with winning rounds just because it's hard to to remember some of the old ones um, okay. that didn't really end up winning the tournament. 
But at IP at Cologne 2014, all, again, the storyline with like Cobble and Overpass coming in and obviously an IP just winning Cobble as this like three deciders in a row or like th in all three series in the playoffs. And that basically being the map that that, that won them the major uh, as a map that not that many knew, not that many te teams knew how to play because it was just new, literally just like a couple of months before. So I'm going to go with NIP at Cologne 14 for the second one. I might have to jumble them up later um, just to figure out the actual order. What about the third one? Let me see. Do, 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 do. Oh, oh, fuck no. I'm yeah, looking. Cloud9 at E-League e Major. Fuck it. They're going to be first anyway. <laughs> Cloud9 at E-League e Major. Again, nobody really saw that coming, I think. Nobody no, saw them. No. Before that, before that event, I don't think anybody saw them as as a team past even past quarter to, to past quarterfinals. They were a team that that was probably going to make the finals. I think the, the the playoffs. I think everybody saw that, but nobody nobody really saw uh, them winning the the whole thing, especially in the fashion that they did, um, winning the Inferno game from like a massive, no, not a massive comeback, but a pretty big comeback um, to take it into overtime. So I'm going to go with that. Cool. But you're done, and you're out of time. You even had a little bit extra, so we were really nice to you there, striker. Prof, over to um, you. What's your top three? I'm going to go... get that time already. I'm going to go a bit different. I I'm, I have zero winning runs. I'm just going to go Ooh. for these kind of hipster picks. I'm okay. not sure what to, what to put for first. I think I'll go from number three. I'll go for LGB at the first major, because they're kind of fully out of the picture as well. Mm -hmm. With the, with that lineup that then became the, like the the ultimate legend, all of Meister Crims and those guys making it to the top four and being not not the first major actually. I actually want actually hmm, I think the the second one, the Katowice one is more impressive. So just put it put it the Katowice one because there they actually were the only team to take a map off of uh, Virtus Pro, which were unbeatable. Like like as we said, no no one took a map off them. Pretty impressive run. Uh, number two. I'm not sure about this one, but let's let's just go for the uh, international G2 at Cluj that also made a top oh, four absolutely. with oh, yeah, Michael yeah. Ele, Michael Elef and those guys Fox, uh, J Kim, Rain, and who was the last guy actually? I can't remember. What did you say? Wasn't it wait Fox, J Kim, Rain? What who did you say? Uh, Fox, Michael, Ele ah, Dennis was there as well, and uh, that was all. Sick. They all uh, actually almost made the finals. That was like a sick match against Envy there. And Envy. What year was that? 2015. That was uh, Cluj Napoca 2015. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. they took a map off Envy, and then Envy won the whole tournament. So that that's the number two. And for number one, just a mega hipster pick because I was a fan of the team when they when they came together and actually did that major one was the uh, Cologne 2014 uh, Team LDLC. In-game led by Happy, Apex as the insane entry fragger, then Uzi, Maniac as the ultimate support. And the fifth guy was Kaylee? Was it Kaylee the fifth guy? Mm, yes. Uh, yeah, yes. Was it? Yes. Maybe he was cheating. Maybe that kind of fucks <laughs> it all up. But it is what it is. You were doing so well. Ultimate, you were ultimate, doing so well. ultimate hipster picks. Uh, top fours, but totally unexpected. That's actually pretty good. I like that. Yeah. The ones prof. I even agree with you to some degree. 
Sponge, what you got for us, my man? All right, I'm going to go with the Cloud9 over FaZe uh, at the Boston Major of 2018 because I think that FaZe obviously had a say in that by choking in the grand final. So uh, that sucks a little bit for them. But the, nobody thought that Cloud9 were going to win that event and they were the first North American team ever to do it. My number two is actually going to be Immortals making it to the grand final of the PGL Major. And that's just because I really like the way that they did it. It was completely momentum-based run. Like that team just completely thrived off the momentum. But for another squad, that grand final was one that nobody would have ever predicted in a million years. I think that for them to make it all the way through there, obviously they faltered, but it's just good to see a Brazilian team that wasn't SK making it that far. And in the style that they did it, it was some very flashy Counter-Strike. And my number one has to be uh, Fnatic beating NIP in DreamHack Winter 2013. That's because NIP, it was either NIP or Very Games at the time, right? They were the two names and it was yep. NIP with the clear favorites. And for Fnatic to be able to come out and do that in an auditorium full of fans chanting NIP, and there was only about seven people in the entire auditorium who were cheering for NIP, uh, uh, cheering for Fnatic, sorry, and they were able to, to pull out that victory just against all odds in that regard. I think that has to be the biggest one because it was the first major ever. They took down NIP, the gods of the game at the time, and there's, I, I think no one would have thought that was going to happen ever. No. Done. Wow, Sponge rattled through that. <laughs> By the way, that music is on point. <laughs> Are we sure we're not going to get this is not like under, <laughs> under copyright? Yeah. Lucas, well, it's it's Lucas's job mate, on the line, fired. not ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't do anything wrong. That's the main thing. Lucas is gone as of next week if we get whatever the DMs If you have any experience producing, producing like Twitch shows, just yeah. send get us jobs at hltv.org. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for a replacement. Okay, oh, this one, this one could be the toughest. We've got a poll going down the corner as well, which is Lucas is setting up. thing is, Sponge's reasons I can get behind. The Immortals one, just that PGL major in general, I wasn't a fan of. Um, Professor gives me a bit of legacy, a bit of the old school Look, in there. I definitely am not going to win this because I went mega hipster, but this <sighs> no, is just like. Please. Yeah, but my... they're, they're like. And like key moments though, right? When you that's look why back I like them so go, much oh, because like, I oh, love yeah. them. That's, that's what's getting me. I'm sat here like, oh, this is like, like memories of good moments. Uh, but then Strikers, like the Cloud9 one, right, is 1000% that because that was just fucking insane. What was it? They were nearly 0 3, just about bouncing back and fought mad, just crazy. Striker, this time around, I'm going to give the win to you. Prof, nice. as much as you're a cunt, I'm still going to say that they were some very good choices and you put me on a bit of a nostalgia trip. You've even made me want to go and play some CSGO rather than just watch it. Thank you, I guess. So yes, Striker, you could take a win. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. You, you, I use you in some way, Prof. Come on, it's just, just the way it goes. Congrats, My internet is terrible, you, by the way, you Twitch some. chat. <laughs> well, <laughs> You've look, done something. Let's see you next week, all right? I mean, if I lose yeah. next week, I'm not that coming out. <laughs> Okay, chat voted for Sponge in second place. We had Striker in third place. We had Prof. Probably because most people in Twitch chat maybe weren't around. People don't even know what the fuck on. I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what? I know. I saw one, one message. I enjoyed that. One message was that team existed? Question mark. I think it was like the, <laughs> the G2 lineup or all right, yeah, that was a good one. I really enjoyed that for our top three. We'll have to wait and see what happens next week. Lucas, make a note of this, mate. Start tallying up who's winning so we can get an overall leaderboard because we're pretty close at this point. 
All right, let's move on to our champion stage discussion. To upset or not to upset, that is the question. And that's because we already know the matchups, which is great. We already know how this is going to go down. We've got Na'Vi versus FaZe, Liquid versus Ents, MRBR versus Renegades, Astralis versus Nip. And what I'm going to start with is going over to you, Chad, is Renegades. Can they do it? And I'm not asking for you to say no just so they do do it. I'm asking you to see what world of possibility could we see this happening? I think they've shown a, a deeper map pool, obviously, than what MIBR have had to do because they've had to play a, a lot more games to get to this current point. Uh, but MIBR know what it takes to win at, at this level, yeah. right? So uh, I don't think that Renegades have any opportunity to do a crazy punish in the veto. That's because we haven't seen a lot of MIBR to see where weaknesses lie. Inferno is a map that they seem to think that they're good at for some reason, even though it's on the contrary, right? The, even the same symptoms as what they had before they have to have cold zero dropping like 30 plus kills for them to be able to win the map so uh it is possible for renegades to win and i think that series probably should be a three mapper um but it wouldn't surprise me if mibr just come out and mop the floor with them just that kind of stage the, that crowd that they're going to be in front of that's going to be something else right i know that azure jks and, and jacob played in front of the australian crowd and for azure and jks that would have been hugely important in an emotional time but in terms of nerves and going up against a class act like mibr it's it's a much different game and that's all from like a, a mentality perspective if you looked purely at in-game what we've seen so far then i think that yeah renegades could definitely beat the likes of mibr like that doesn't seem outside the realms of possibility at all but for some reason in my mind, they still go into this matchup as, uh, you know, the, the underdog, which is probably a good tag for them to be having right now. I'm kind of just waiting. This is like a, it's like a never ending party, right? Like, you know, you, you got the Friday lunchtime and it hasn't ended until Sunday. Well, it still feels like the party's going right now for Renegades. And I, I just waiting for it, someone, the police to come and shut it down. If you know what I mean? Like it, it seems too good to be true that they're competing at this level. Um, so I think that they can win. Do I think they're going to win? Probably not. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling as well. I mean, as I said before, I've been betting like betting against them the whole time, <laughs> and I'm still waiting for them to actually lose. I've been losing the whole time, so good good yeah. stuff on that. But the added like it's not like the added pressure. It's kind of hard to quantify these things. But every team has had these moments, matches, I guess, except. Australis, maybe even though they kind of choked that that lead as well, where they just like crumbled in some way, like some teams earlier, earlier in the tournament, some teams in the last matches of the tournament. But we saw like Avangar, I think, is also an example of that. That looking at the last match they played against Sense, that was not how they usually play. And there has to be a level where Renegades go through the same thing. Like there will be a point where they like go on the server and they don't perform. As they did earlier in the tournament, and I think if the, if if it wasn't like in the group stage, then I guess like the the first match of the playoffs is it. All right, I well, have to agree with all of that honestly, because yeah, I mean, Renegades obviously were the biggest surprise of the whole thing of the whole the whole um, group stage or New Legends stage, and both stages to be honest, huh? Well, both yeah, stages so far to be honest, first stage as well. But I mean, even after that first stage, I don't think anybody anybody thought they were going to make it to the playoffs. And afterwards, like I, I still was was kind of 
waiting for them to show a little bit more before I, I actually believed in them. This the Renegades and might be our quarterfinal. I feel like has the biggest upset potential, just because of phase looking a little bit dejected towards the end, and uh, and that you know obviously against Navi, who actually looked fairly confident. Uh, aside from like, well, they only lost to Liquid, who were always going to win that series, so that wasn't a big surprise. So I feel like that quarterfinal could actually be the most exciting one, just because of the upset potential that is there. MIBR just not being totally um, well-rounded, as as Sponge was saying. Map pool wise, we're also not sure. So that Renegades could just easily be like a favorite in that match, even though MIBR would obviously be the bigger name. I mean, looking, don't know. looking at the numbers, looking at the results, Renegades are the favorites. But you just go for like the brand value, go for the uh, pedigree, you go for the names, and <clears> then you go, okay, MIBR is going to do it. But looking at the map pool, we don't even have enough maps played yeah. from MIBR to say see anything. They have like whatever they played One? four or five yeah, maps. That's all. Four. So and three of them were like Inferno. So great. Like looking <laughs> at the numbers of of the individual players. Colzera has like a 1.30 rating for the group stage, the Swiss group stage, and three of their players are like below one, including Fallen. So that's not a good sign either. But you just disregard all of that and you say, okay, legends are legends, and rookies still need to like get get stuff done. There's the added pressure right of who they're going up against. That match though is probably going to be just an absolutely exciting. Well, it could. It's got the potential right, to be absolutely exciting or a complete one-sided affair, depending on who shows up. The other one, right, and this one, see the the clear favourites are Liquid going up against Ents, and for all the reasons of Ents, obviously looked pretty lackluster on the Legend stage, but you could see how much they wanted it, how much of it was down to obviously Alu having to disappear in between because he was having a baby, rightly so, right? Who who wouldn't do what he did there? Just a little bit less practice time and stuff like that, no. but. I just, I just don't see anything Ents can do in that. I just think that's just going to be Liquid rocking it because they look fucking on point. I think the only way that Ents could win that series is if somehow they get to play Train, which isn't going to happen. Uh, I yeah. think like Train for them is, is a very strong map and they look very clean on their executes and everybody looks super aware, but I don't think Liquid are, are going to allow that to, to crop up in the, in the best of three, unfortunately, uh, for Ents fans. But the, the bigger issue that I take with Ents is that Sergei underperformed in those last well on that last series right for them to get across it was maybe even the last two games it feels like it was just a lexi b obviously i need to check the stats just to make sure that i'm not talking around my ass here but a lot of the big plays were actually being done by the in-game leader which is good and bad for a multitude of reasons but he can't be the second best player in the team or he shouldn't be the first best player in the team right like you you want Sergey to be your best player. You want Alu to be up in in top of part of that, and then you just want the other three to contribute where they have to. But Alexi had to do a lot of grunt work to get them to where they are right now, which which worries me a little bit. Um, it's positive signs for him as an individual and him being able to call into that all at the same time. But it's the contrast of that uh, with some of the players not performing as the way that they should going up against the Liquid, who also didn't do anything more than they had to. I think that's probably the best way to look at Liquid's run so far is. They just kind of won the matches they had to, and they didn't do it in flashiest of styles, right? Like, they were kept close, and they just... 3-0, you can't argue with a 3-0, but they were kept close on, on the majority of their matches. So uh, it, that's, a, that's a really hard one to ping, but I, I, it's the one's another one where you just lean towards Liquid just purely based on the names in the survey. 
as a just as a caveat to that, the ends yeah. have actually never played Liquid before. So this is going to be a premiere between oh, okay. these two. That'll be nice. So that's that's another nice. kind of that's I guess it it could be a factor for for Liquid, but at the same time, like Ence's playstyle is not something that is going to surprise Liquid. It's actually going to be quite the opposite. Like they Liquid have been used to um to to play to playing against like well-rounded teams, just like who don't really do anything crazy at any point. You know they fucking played Astralis, God knows how many times during last year. So yeah. like this is not this kind of style is not going to surprise. Liquid whatsoever, which is kind of like why I feel like this is just going to play into their hands even more, um, and and why they they're even more favored to 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 me. I just feel like Ents would have to really really over overperform to to be Liquid, and that's just like based on what we've seen, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's I agree. one of the things I think at the moment, at least for uh Liquid, right? They're used to this, like you were saying there, and when you're coming up against an Ents, all their games end up being so close they struggle to close a lot of the time i think you mentioned that last time around chad like just how yeah. close so many of their games it's like they'll have a massive lead and you'll be like oh cool look it's looking really comfortable they're playing as we expect but then it just drops off and it gets real close and then when there's literally fire under their ass they're like oh yeah should probably go and win this game now it's like that 14-1 train half they had against Windstrike, <laughs> i think it was so it was like uh like that was a what the fuck moment I, I look at this team and there's so much potential here because they've built it from the ground up. It's another one of these projects that they've had to work and graft very hard to bring these players up to the standard. But from, mm-hmm. you know, when I talk to Natu and, and he says like, look, Ariel is, there's so much talent there that's yet to come out. And Sergey, obviously yeah. we've been talking about him as one of these young gun prodigies. It doesn't feel like all the pieces of this puzzle come online at the same time just yet. And I know with the progression of this squad that I'm, from a personal standpoint, I'm happy to give them time to get to where they, they need to be and to, to flourish and fully, yeah. fully operate. But you wonder, I was going to say, you wonder how long until they start looking at it from a different way, because with the whole mouse sports situation, I know that Sunny probably isn't available right now for contract, but it's a pretty juicy thought if you're top eight at a major. So next time you guarantee that spot, if you're Sunny and ends come to you and say, Hey, uh, we're going to kick X seven and uh, you want to take his place. You'd be you'd be making that jump across pretty quick, I think. Yeah, I mean they, they have been they have been evolving like on a decent. Mister Lags, Lags. I'm lagging like fuck. So yeah, yeah screw my fucking now. hotel. You <laughs> guys just this keep going. The first time, though. Oh, there they we go. Just, just okay. so just as I rant, it comes out. <laughs> uh, I just well, want to say, like, do you think Chad? Sorry that it would be literally Sunny coming to replace X7 if that was an option. Like, like at the moment, at the way it looks in Finland, that is, that's what I would do if that was a possibility. Like, and that's no disrespect to X7. It's just an upgrade, right? Of firepower and experience. And okay. I talk about them needing a closer, and I think Sunny can be yeah. that player, right? So uh, I, I don't think I need to make a roster change right now, but if they were thinking about it, that would be the one that would make the most sense, at least in, in my perspective. Yeah, I really want to see what we get out of this. Like, I, I, I think their rise over just the past year has been crazy, and I just want to, I don't want to disrupt it yet. But it's an interesting caveat. Prof, continue. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I just want to say that their progression so far has been really like the best you can actually expect from a team. I think, like, looking at they made the team. Okay, maybe like the first month or two, they didn't like playing on online stuff, similarly to Vitality, but they didn't like have a breakthrough until that. GG bet qualifier for Cologne that was also run by UCC and that was a LAN if you 
want to know how UCC runs land. That wasn't the, the best one in the world, definitely. But they managed to beat like Spirit, I think, there, qualify for Cologne, and then their run started. So that's like, what is it? I'm not good with numbers, but like eight, nine months since they actually came from kind of nowhere to being top eight at the major. So that is a good thing. And I think this top eight gives them at least eight to six months where they're still confident, like until the next major, until, until after the next major, that they're surely not going to be changing anything unless literally Sunny says, okay, Mouseport just released me from a contract and that's not going to happen. So so I think that they'll be sticking to this for, for a quite a while and I think that's reasonable. All right. And then on the other thing, Astralis versus Nip. Um, I, I know Nip have the Nip magic thing that go on about, but this is Astralis. I can't see anything. I think that's just another kind of done one, almost like the liquor one we were just talking about. I'm on paper, gonna, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to reiterate <laughs> something that you actually said on the stream chat that I really agree with was about just the kind of like this being a little bit of a sneaker that an IP and Astralis have, have historically had some really close games and surprisingly close, close games. So this could potentially like turn into a really good series. Obviously, we don't expect it to anyway. We just think we just think Astralis are going to breeze past the, the Swedes. But they could... It, it genuinely could just because of the history between the two that IP just being kind of um kind of a pain in the ass for Astralis a couple of the times at Blast Pro Series uh what was it, Copenhagen? They took a map at ECS season six finals on train as well. Yeah. So uh, just like some of these close matches actually have make me hopeful about an IP and just generally about making this series exciting. I don't think there's a way an IP actually beat Astralis, but there it just could get a little bit more interesting um with a map here and there. Yeah, it almost feels like a, a non-fixture, right? Which is sad, but the, you could you could build a, a really good argument as to why it is possible uh, that it could be a good series. I don't think in any world they win, but I definitely think there's a world where they make it very interesting, and I could do that for all four of these matchups. Like the FaZe versus Na'Vi one, I'm, I'm not trying to take us too far away. I've already covered the two, but like right now, the way that FaZe have been playing... I'm not, you know, they haven't actually shown us anything other than, you know, an individual stepping up, getting a 3K and then winning a round. Um, but Na'Vi, on the other side of things, they, you know, rely on their star power a lot too. So when you have those two going head-to-head, that's where, like, that becomes an exciting matchup as well. So all four of these uh, quarterfinals have really good potential, even though on paper they look like clear one-way games, or at least most of them do. Well, let's go through. We've not done so badly, I think. <laughs> if we look at oh, fuck we haven't us. fucked we up my pickums, basically. Fucking ridiculous. Um, hey, we haven't fucked Striker's pickums, which is always positive for him, so we can see how he's doing. And I would say, like, let's have a look at this now and run through exactly what it's going to be. Lucas, get it up and ready for us, and we will start to make our decisions. And it should be at least fairly fucking straightforward, right? At least for the first. First round, I think we have our pickums. Yeah, uh, this is this is where we finished for what we had for the last one. Yeah, we actually got the five just because of we saved phase. you. We saved yeah, phase, you. He's actually um, saved the this round of pickums because obviously up until that last match we were at four. But Estrada is going three zero. Estrada is like going three zero. It didn't matter what we what we were gonna pick out of those two. Just Ended up as expected, but obviously energy and big being the well, big was up. of course it was Banks's pick. 
Don't you. fucking start. I mean, to be fair, like, I picked Hellraiser's who went through and looked just equally <laughs> bad, so it's... it's I mean, uh, I would not... say that Hellraiser's even looked worse than Baker, I feel, honestly. yeah, it could be. Hellraiser's looked, looked terrible. That's the that worst thing I've ever seen Hellraiser's I was play. depressed watching Complexity that. Complexity literally was... turned up, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like three I'm of their players didn't even turn up. Like, that's... How does that happen? And shit's going on. Thanks. It's just like finishing the sentence, like... Literally, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my fucking hand through this in a second. Jesus Christ, this is so tilting. I'm like high half of what you guys say. Um, Here we go. Anyway, yes, oh, yeah, I got a picture. That's fair. There we go. It's so tilting with bad internet. It's unbelievable. This is right. what you get from doing doing stuff from the road. What can you do? I know. It's, yeah, we're we're on the road. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Just bunks out the show. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. I'm, it's just the internet. When I'm home, it's fine. No, uh, um, it all it all seriousness, right? When we're, when we're looking at that complexity thing, I literally just felt like because everyone pretty much put them as their zero three, that is the only reason they didn't go zero three. It was that we must win one, we must win something. Then <sighs> last minute, fucking hurrah, and they got it done. I just I thought it pretty funny that Jason like was just like super massively happy about them actually winning one team, one, one game, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, we're not zero three. The thing is, for them, it means a lot. For them, it means yeah. more to be one three than for NRG because NRG yeah. can qualify again. They're they're like a solid team, but for complexity, who knows what happens in like the major, like the the minors, minor qualifiers, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a rough road. And Jeffs was even saying that, that that he's not even worried about like having to go back to the minor system. He's more worried about how they fucked up here. And that's I, that's okay. That's what, actually one thing I'm gonna say. And obviously, I'm backtracking to the discussion we had about the new legend stage. But just in general, I feel like the system of the major, where you get you obviously get make it to the playoffs and you you make it to the next major already, and that or like make it to the whatever new legend stage. You have to win one, and you're at least not in the minor. You at least get to the get it to the whatever first stage. I feel like that has kind of fucked with the storylines that we have at the major people. Just like prioritizing making it to the next major rather than like focusing on the actual major run, and that, that's yeah. just something that I don't really like. That it, it's just way too much focus on what happens at the next major, based on results that have happened here. Let's let's not focus on that. Let's focus on how the teams are doing at this major and what it means in this major run. Like, why would why do we care about what happens in six months from now? That's a very good point. I think I feel that... like that's not. I don't I don't like that perspective really. Yeah, I think for a lot of... So this is probably a perspective for teams or organizations where it's like just about like staying uh, staying relevant, right? Like yeah. uh, for complexity, as they're probably the perfect case in this situation. If they didn't make it, as you mentioned, they wouldn't have... They probably would have really struggled to make it back to the same point. Uh, so for them, it's more sticker money. It's more signature money for the players. It, it keeps the brand, you know, there's a, that logo is going to be there next time around. It allows it's them just... to get in players as well. Like you yeah. have a major spot, maybe you can get in someone from, I don't know, some team, a ghost or whatever. Sure. And and I think that that's all, that's all big stuff, but you're right. The focus shouldn't be on just getting to this point and be like, yeah, okay, we've done our job now. It doesn't really matter if we win or lose. Like you want people, everybody to be fighting for it. I just think right now the bar between, you know, the top, two teams in the world. Ah, I'll throw Navi in there. They're still performing on a decent level this time around. So the top three teams in the world and everybody else is, is pretty big. I think, you know, you've got Australis all the way up there. You've got Liquid below them. And then Navi, FaZe, etc. There's a chunk of teams. And then there's like a real steep drop-off, at least in my opinion, um, of, of 
challenges for getting upsets done or beating a big team. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame that people think about it that way. Yeah, just like... I mean, it's been happening for like the last two oh, or three it's, years. It's, it's forever. It's just like, it's just like oh. I, I get tired of it all the time that it's just like a lot of these, not even just teams, but just generally the community focuses on, on this a lot and just a lot of the storylines are built on it, which I'm not, I just, I just don't like that too much. Like, sure, obviously it means a lot to, to some of these teams to go out or not go out and stuff like that and actually have a place at the next major. But like, in terms of the, the, the tournament itself, it doesn't mean anything. Do, do you guys think, though, that the format so far has weeded out the gimmicky teams? Like, Complexity, Hellraisers, and Big big is the one that's on the fence from last time around were all, like, like gimmick in terms of they just had to win the best of ones to get to where they were, right? Like, Big, obviously, back if you think about the PGO, Krakow one was the Inferno glitch situation. Right. But, like, it feels like this system will weed these teams out eventually and then we'll have teams who are competent of playing the best of three series. I still think the the last two days of best of threes in this series, like the, the Legends one, was still really weak. Like, teams shouldn't be, like, winning each other's map picks, like, 16 oh, yeah, yeah. to 6 and stuff like that. that. That doesn't... Like, if it's your map pick and another team is good on that map too, then it should be a close map. It shouldn't be a blowout. And, and that just shows me that coming into this event a lot of teams weren't where they should be. And the bar, like, I keep talking about this bar, but it is set super high. Like, Australis have changed the way we watch Counter-Strike, and you kind of want to hold everybody to that same light. It's difficult to, to do that, but you need to you need to thri- uh, strive for that greatness, right, for at least a level that somewhat represents that. And that's why when Renegades and Ents make it through on having solid map pools and playing really good Counter-Strike, that's why it's like I feel like they are deserved of this current and i hate that term as well deserved because that's such a weird one to hear thrown around but i let me try that again i feel like they've earned their place in the top eight by doing a lot of hard work and proving that they they have a deep enough map pool they haven't just gone into a series against another team with a shit map pool and it hasn't just been like blowouts or anything and they've gotten through in that way they've actually had to earn their way to this place and i think that this system if other orgs, uh, other tournament organizers use it in the in the future, it'll continue to weed these teams out. It's just the minor run right now is where it's really the minor run is actually harder than probably the challenger stage for some of these teams. Like I mean, from best of having to beat certain squads to get through. Like, I think that. You know, just look at an IP, right? At. Like we, I don't think we had we doubted that an IP would be able to get through like some of these new challenger stages when they weren't actually at the major when they didn't make it there. But obviously they failed already in the in the online stage before the last uh, cycle, basically before the face of major. They failed like four, three times in a row, I think it is. So like that that was like a, the best example of a team where just like obviously for them like these online runs were really really hard, while like them at an, in a new challenger stage or like previously the qualifier, um, that it's, wouldn't have been so so bad. It's just about the numbers, like. You have an open qualifier played by like 500 teams in Europe. Okay, like 400 of them are trash, like, but you have 100 teams that are kind of decent, and you play like four or five best of ones against those teams to get to the close qualifier, and then maybe you can lose one, and then you're out. It's single elimination. So you have that, and then you have the as well the closed online close qualifiers, and you have to go through that, which is okay. You have like 16 teams, eight go through, but then from eight, only two go. Further, so it's always like it's such a competitive field. Doesn't matter how maybe the teams are kind of worse than the challenger stage teams are. Maybe they're 
like EU minor and challenger stage, maybe it's not that big of a difference, but in the same in the same way, it's it's hard to get like that top percentage percentage to advance further is much lower than in the challenger stage where it's fifty percent of the teams advanced to the to the new legends or whatever it's called. Sure. And it's obviously yeah. like the ba- the biggest part of that is just online CS, right? And we all know that it's different. Like it's hard to put a finger on it, but it's just we all we all know how that goes. Yes. I forgot what we were talking about at the beginning, but I had something oh, to say, like, but it was so long ago. This was kind of an off-topic going into the, like the storylines about the the. But yeah, but yeah, the thing about the like, format works. About legend stages, it's been happening for two years, and every every time you ask someone like, like, what do you want to do? What's your expectation goals? Like, ah, oh, let's make legends. That's the main priority. It's like, okay, I just want to be at the next major. Like, do something at this major. Make make a run. Make something here. I yeah. agree with that, Milan. Very nice point. Thank you. Let's go to, to do the pickups. Right. Yeah. Let's let's do the pickups now. Let's fucking go. So, to start with, Astralis. Yes, winning that. Look, Anyone I gonna mean, disagree? Really? I can. I can easily <laughs> just do. Let's go. I could easily do that. Just these two. I think we could. We could easily agree on those. I thought you were going to massively. the end. Huh? I thought you were gonna fill fill it out till the end. Oh, you mean like that? Uh Yeah, we're gonna go all the way. We're gonna go all the way. I mean, okay, let's let's wait until we get to that. But I think Astralis Liquid, like in the quarterfinals, we've already talked about it. Like, there's there's just there's very very little percentage of of those teams not making it through. Yeah, I mean, for them, I'd be Renegades. I don't think we even have to. We talked about these two matches yeah, a lot. But I feel like for... it's the one that's the one that where I feel like a lot of a lot of people could could differ, just because of of Renegades' run and and them kind of being um having proven themselves. And MIBR, not really, because just because of how little we know about them. So that's the that's the one I feel that I feel like are, are, is going to be like the most um, diverse. Yeah, but I think our our logic was just like veterancy yeah. to go through, and I think MIBR is the pick here. I think we can agree on that one for sure. And then for the last one, I think it's also pretty obvious that we're leaning towards yeah. Navi because just Phase have been looking weak overall, just weak. They're going to step it up when they get to the arena. Like their individual performance will be elevated by being in the arena. That's what we're also expecting. The same with MIBR, but the same Navi also settled into that same point. And they actually looked very hungry to me in all the games that they played. I think their game plan against Liquid on Mirage in the beginning was very poor. I think what they thought was going to happen was Liquid were going to be like, hey, we're five sick aimers and we're just going to go and take duels against Navi. But Liquid didn't do that. They actually respected the fuck out of them, and they gave them a lot of room to work. And it felt like it took the first, you know, six rounds of that game, maybe first seven rounds of that game, for Zeus to realize that they needed to group up and start executing onto bomb sites. And once they'd done that, that had changed. So, and I think that their approach and some of the things they've definitely been practicing, right? Like Zeus is now holding the B bomb site on Inferno. That's quite a big change. He used to be doing the crossfire pit anchor uh, castle site quad, all that kind of stuff with electronic over towards a right so they've definitely changed some stuff and play me if he can continue to play at the level that he was playing at and simple is himself and electronic is himself holy shit like flamey was on fire in some of those games he was just destroying so i think navi have shown a better face so far than phase and if they both get elevated by the arena then navi are elevated to a higher position than than phase in my mind but I actually think that 
if you get the Liquid Navi rematch, it's going to be... That was a good series. Like, I think it was a good series, even though one of the maps was, like, 16-9 or something. Yeah. Um, But I still think it could be a good series. And I think Astralis versus MIBR could be a good series, too, because MIBR's ban is going to be nuke, right? They're not fucking around with any of that nonsense. So MIBR also, when they had Stewie and Tarek late last year at the ECS finals, right, pushed Astralis. They weren't too far away from actually beating Astralis. And that would uh, definitely fill them with that, with some confidence. So these two heroes, in terms of semifinals, I think are the best two semifinals. And then I think we're all pretty clear on who we think is going to win these two matches, right? Like I don't think yeah. we, yeah. So I feel like that's that. Like literally, most people like you can disagree on MIBR Renegades and Navi and Phase, but I think we can all agree that Astralis are just Astralis and Liquid are going to beat any of those four teams or any of those two respectively. I mean, I think there is a chance for Navi to beat Liquid, even though they lost the last four times. Yeah. Or Historically, four times. it's not going to happen. Really? But, like... but there, there is that logic which I like to use: is like sometime, like the win has to come. You can't win <laughs> every time. That's what people have been trying to do against Astralis. Well, no, it's tries, it's hasn't tries. been working. <laughs> but, but it can happen. It will happen. One. Pl- it's like it's not you know that long, big. You one. know how long Astralis kept their kept their streak against Liquid, though. Yeah, that is true. I I was I was talking about the about, about the nuke, nuke, yeah, uh, sure. whatever. Well, well, that's even worse. Yeah, it still didn't get broken. But at the same time, I mean, we're we're trying to go with the odds here and obviously the odds are on on liquid side to win so yeah. why why would you go on navi there's not much we can say that can like i i can't find an angle that makes it make the make the odds more reasonable and to, to go for navi so there's also the part with with electronic having like a like a i don't know a son or a daughter probably get, getting bored any day now so that's something that's him yeah. him getting like oh, i don't know probably not going to be as focused as he is normally and that's the reason why they didn't have the boot camp and stuff like that imagine so. imagine if his wife calls him like right before the series yeah that's that that, that that's stuff that can happen that would but be may- so that's the thing like so bad that's a that's a pretty bad one yeah be rough. Would, that would, in, like, in terms of the in terms of sleeve now <laughs> just say it could happen you know and like on the other the side kind of stuff that you can't really just predict on the other mm-hmm. side, we have half of Astralis being sick, so that's also yeah, something. That's true. Like, actually. do we take it's... that in account, and how much do we take that into account? I was worried that that they were all just going to be sick for the entire week, and just like obviously like lack of practice, and for a week to be a week like outside of CS, um, yeah. you know, that's not even in this like um, in this environment. I feel like that could hurt Astralis quite a bit. But like, well, I saw that. Well, they all came to to media outside of uh, Glaive and um, Zipex. So it feels like Glaive and Zipex are the. I mean, at least yesterday was the case that only Glaive and Zipex didn't come. So the rest of the team seems okay now. So that tells me that the the, the team should be fine by the time the 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 playoffs actually come. And they obviously have a matchup at first that should not be uh, among the hardest. So. Uh, and hopefully they'll just like ease, ease into the playoffs and, and actually um, play up to their level. And then we get to the last one. Yeah. And this is the the real fun one. And once again, yes. Once once again, if we go by history, repeating itself time and time again, it's just going to be Astralis. It feels like we're having Groundhog Day every single event of our lives at this point. Like. Yeah. No one else has stepped up to the plate in a big enough way for us to be able to put stock in them, right? Liquid. 
we have enough faith in them to get to the final. Sure, they beat them at the I by Power event, but we kind of take that event with a grain of salt, right? So if you think, where can they get it done? Okay, well, they can probably get it done on Mirage. So they get it done on Mirage, then where are you taking it if you're Astralis? Like, what, what map are you picking in this best of three series? Well, you, if you play an Inferno, you, you know, you're putting yourself at a chance of getting 2 0 but you're also one of the strongest teams on Inferno in terms of like utility usage, your rotations are always on point, your T-side strategies, you're constantly innovating and changing things up and tweaking them so they can't stay on top of you. Overpass has dropped off a little bit for them. Are they not, I, I don't think they'd pick into Nuke. Uh, I mean, they're Liquid will just bad Nuke, aren't they? Well, I thought they'd been trained for some reason. I think they've been oh, actually, trained yeah, again, again at the mm, IBA Power tournament. Uh, I'll just check because they didn't, they didn't play. Uh, let's say. Let's... I actually don't remember that. For some reason, I don't think they're playing train. Like, or at least that's what I've been led to believe. I don't know. I my day's a bit blurry. I'm still a little under anesthesia a little bit, but um, huh. I, I'm pretty sure trains the map that they're not playing at the moment. Actually, like, that's been I think powers they did. Liquid did ban Nuke, and then Astralis didn't pick into their into Train. Oh, they didn't they actually. Train. They actually banned Train in the second rotation, so that's why you got Inferno Dust Overpass as the games as the maps right. there, which is that those three and Mirage are like the most likely ones to come up. So this Liquid roster has only played like with Stewie on it. They've only played Dust two three times, Mirage three times, Overpass three times, Inferno twice, and Cache once. Right, so, so they didn't play Nuke or... I mean, you did, did you say Nuke or not? No, they haven't played no, nuke. No, nuke. Nuke or Train. Or Train. Yeah, yeah. so it's you'd assume it'd be one of those two that they'd remove from an official capacity, right? Yeah. And if you're I Astralis, you're Astralis cash. would just pick Nuke, would just pick Train. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure up. that they put work on Train in the meantime, so the, the thing that happened last time doesn't happen again. I feel like, yeah, Astralis will probably just pick either Nuke or Train, depending on what Liquid bans, either way. Either way, they're going to be heavily favored on that map. Yeah, the only concern there is going into the unknown, right? You can't look at any of the attendances of Liquid. Yeah, that's true. But they can look at, like, all of your stuff, and it's probably going to be similar. Like, but the thing just... is, like, Liquid haven't actually played it, so they haven't really gotten, like, any official experience on it, you that's know? That's true. So, like, everything together just, like, points to in a Astralis. In a grand final, though... And oh. you are liquid. If you're in a grand final and you're liquid, and you've reached that point, especially if you're the four, the core four of that roster, have gone up time and time again and lost. I'm sure that you're more than happy to take another risk when you're such a stark underdog in that regard, right? I guess it's going to have to wait and see what the maps unfold for in in the the quarter and the semi if they make it that far, because we need to see like if they want to play something like a little bit more diverse. Their overpass, like I've not sold on their overpass. They were pushed by like Avangar, right? Like, and they only able to like save themselves because they had some rounds they probably shouldn't have won. Um, but individually speaking, when you watch them play, they're so scary. Like, they're such a scary looking team because all five players are just like aimers, and they're all really smart and aware of like current meta Counter Strike. So, I I'm like you, Prof. I think like eventually they have to win. Like, they eventually, but just when is that eventually going to be? Like. Uh, under the major circumstances, if you if you take Astralis being sick out of the equation, let's say they're at a hundred percent and Liquid are at a hundred percent, I'm still going yeah. with Astralis. So yeah. it's like it it's so difficult to falter these guys when they've come back and they're still just looking hot. That it doesn't look like they've slowed down at all. 
uh, they haven't had to play a lot of maps. There's not a huge sample size, but it just seems like where we, we're picking up where we left off last year, which is, yeah, I guess, concerning because as soon as the circuit starts and it gets going, if these other teams don't take a page out of the Australis book and, and, you know, go to less events, then Australis are just going to keep getting further ahead, you know? Like, unless they get complacent, how is anybody going to stop them? Well, this is, this is something that we actually touched on last year, like what we thought was going to happen next year and stuff. And this is like, for me, this if Australia is doing the major, and obviously we we all kind of feel like they will, then it's just on track, right? We we were talking about like the other teams, um, yeah, prioritizing a little bit more, and it c- could probably take like another year of Australia's semi-dominating the scene for for teams to actually start understanding that and like taking proper uh, care of themselves and everything like that together. So I feel like we're we're on course for that because. We haven't seen any of the teams so far. Well, okay, like some of the teams actually did skip like the first couple of events, MIBR being one of them. MIBR previously were a team that attended everything, right? While this time they actually didn't. And that I assume that was a choice. I, I assume they got invited to one of those two. Uh, I buy Power E-League and potentially like, I don't I remember, I'm trying to remember what else was played in, in the meantime. I imagine they got invited and they just decided against it, just to spend it actually practicing with the new lineup. But like teams will start getting understanding that this once they see that the strategy just continue dominating. I have one point just to make about the whole new train thing. I yeah. started thinking like, oh, Liquid have a new player. It's Stewie. Stewie played in Cloud9. Stewie played in MIBR. Two teams that didn't play Nuke that much. So I went into his like Nuke history. Yeah. He has nine Nuke games played in his career. Nine. Oh last one played in 2017 in august and then the next one before that was like three months before that so he has not been playing nuke actively for quite quite a while so that how will that play off i mean we saw like alex on vitality not playing inferno and that's struggling on that map for for like a quite a while maybe now liquid already kind of dropped a nuke compared to towards the end of last year Someone actually just put in the chat like that, I don't know, Elysia's Instagram, there's a video of them practicing nuke. That can also be like a mind game. But the thing is, like, I think they still play it. It's just like they're probably putting a lot more focus on other maps just because they know they're not going to play it against the straws. Because that's what they did last year. Like, towards the end of last year, they finally understood that, like, trying trying to to beat them on nuke is just not going to work. So they just, like, straight, straight off started banning it. But obviously, they still still had it in their pocket against any other team. Basically, they were still the second best team on Nuke, most likely, or one of the one of the best teams anyway. So that's that that's the thing. Like they can still play it against some anybody else, I'm sure. Um, they or they could, uh, yeah. but it's probably it's unlikely that with the time that they had, like they still haven't had that much time together. They've had about a month and a half of real practice, not even that potentially with how long they've been at the major, but just generally. I would uh, assume they're not playing Nuke yeah. rather than Train at this point. Mm, me too. Just because That's... of the Astralis angle. And especially if that ends up being like their first Nuke game played like in the grand yeah. final of a major. Even in the playoffs of the major, it could be scary. And though I don't think any of these teams will pick it against them and then they'll just ban it out later. What did they, what did they ban against Navi again? That was Train, right? Yeah, I think so. 
And Navi yeah, didn't but... pick Nuke. Yeah, because Navi isn't gonna pick. Yeah, Why they Navi, pick Navi, not they're not that great I, on Nuke. I'm curious how does, if FaZe try and bring in Nuke at all because they left it in a couple of their games, right? They left it, they floated it a couple of times, and in that Cloud Nine series, it was the third map, which tells me we already saw Cloud Nine play it. They had to beat Windstrike on it, uh, but like FaZe, historically not a team to play Nuke, right? So that's in the pool for them now as well. So there has to be. They wouldn't have floated it otherwise. I, I would, I'd be more We're than actually... confident that. Phase have been practicing you. That's actually a pretty good point. We could actually see already. We would. We should be able to see already in the Liquid Ends match where, how, or which which map they actually do play. Yeah. Just because Ends are actually good on both. That's why I thought. I thought that Liquid would have removed Train against Ents, which is what the map with. In my opinion, they look the best. And then from that point on, they can pick you know whatever they feel the most comfortable on, and then Ents are going to pick either Nuke or Train. Yeah. Like exactly. that, that's what I feel where Ents would go with it, right? Like I know that they lost to Renegades on Nuke, but they would still consider their Nuke to be one of their, their they better They are still maps. good on Nuke, yeah. Yeah. So we should know, like, given after, what we know. Yeah. after Thursday? No, after... Yeah, after uh, Thursday. After Thursday. Yeah, that's Friday the first even. one. The upper bracket... That... Astralis oh, the... is playing Friday. I think the upper Oh, the bottom is... part is played first? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. I, I didn't actually check the schedule. Fair enough. Okay, so yeah, Thursday, we'll see. That should that should tell us a lot already, like which map they actually don't play. But it's I mean, it's weird that they actually haven't really um, been banning Nuke though. I mean, I think people so, just so respect curious. their history on the map, and they yeah, probably played it in practice. But how good they are on it, that remains to be seen. And I think yeah. Ents picking, them out Ents picking picking it against them is like what they want to how they want to try it out probably. Just to see how the good they Could are, be. because they still have their pick and the decider that they're pretty comfortable that they'll win even if like Nuke goes wrong. That could be a big tell, yeah. And potentially the same against Navi, even though like yeah, Navi is probably not going to pick Nuke either way. At least we wouldn't that we wouldn't think so. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Well, there in the end, it didn't seem that, that it's not really too much of a surprising factor. No, no, no. We, we, I don't know. But it, what it really comes down to is you can't predict all the way to the end, really, like on all of it, until we fucking see what happens on the opening few days, and that's yeah. that'll be the telling sign, especially for like you guys were saying, right? A team like Liquid, where with this current iteration, we have not seen everything they've got to offer just yet. Same with a lot of these teams, unfortunately. The only two teams yeah. that we've seen everything that they have, or probably at least ninety percent of the tank is Ents and Renegades. Everybody else has had the luxury of just coming in for this latest stage. Navi only had to play a handful of maps, Astralis a handful of maps, Liquid a handful of maps. You have to you look at FaZe, they had to battle through and they weren't convincing in a lot of their matches. Uh, you could say the, the similar things for MIBR. You know, they, they weren't hugely convincing, but they got the job done. So once we get to this stage, this is where it all changes because the pressure is applied. The, you, the pressure cook has turned up here to 10. So this is this is it. This is kind of where we where it's make or break for those teams, and we can see if yeah they just got through on merit, like on, on just doing a, a basic job in the uh, in the legend stage, or if they're really here to play and they've put in a lot of work and they've really deepened their map pool. But I think with everything we know right now, you have to favor Astralis overall. That's simple as that. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Well, that brings us to the end, and our next show will be after all this is unfolded. And then we'll have so much information to take away from it all. If anyone gets the bed or not, if anyone goes forward. 
going to be an interesting major. We have had the best major yet, and I'm sure we'll end that way as well. I'm looking forward to see it all go down. So, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Chad, Stryker, and Prof, as always. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this all happen, all the action kicking off. We will see you next week. Same place, same time. What will the actual date be? It will be the 4th of February. That's what we're doing. I'll, right? I'll, I'll try to push it to the 5th, actually, just to get some time off before. But we'll see. We'll see about the date. We didn't confirm it yet. So it's like Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Fair enough. All right. So either the 5th or the 6th is when we want to do it. It'll be 8 p.m. CET. Regardless, guys, enjoy it. Enjoy the major. Watch it all. Have some good luck with your pickums. Remember, if you are doing your pickums, don't just have to follow us. You can make your own minds and decisions on it. And we will see you all next week.